Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is Queen Tree, and I'm starting out the hair radio show with Terry Hunt. of a Sway's Hair and Body, and I love the hair radio show. Hello, everybody. I'm Valerie from Validate Your Beauty. I am giving a shout out to the hair radio morning show, Carrie Hines. It's time to rise and shine with the hair radio morning show with Carrie Hines. Welcome to the Hair Radio Show on Blog Talk Radio. He's the host with the most, Mr. Carrie Hines. Good morning, and welcome to an all-new live edition of the Hair Radio Morning Show. We're the longest-running daily live broadcast on hair in the world, 25 years and counting. Now, on today's broadcast, we've got the latest in hair and beauty talk, great music, and much, much more. I must thank our Carapy Hair Products, Hair Nation Expo Events, Salon TV Network, and all of our amazing advertisers who are responsible for getting this episode on the air. Now, if today is your first time tuning in, thank you. And remember to press 1 to make a live comment or shout-out during the show. We're here each weekday from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 5 to 8 Central. Now grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's show. Hold on to I, I thought I would 
that the hair radio show with Terry Hines is the longest running radio broadcast on hair and beauty talk in the world it's a broadcasting hair industry institution be a live guest on air and join our long list of amazing celebrities and hair and beauty industry luminaries who've all been on our show give our office team a call at 833-402-8882 again that's 833-402-8882 or visit us online at hairradio.com because you haven't made it until you've made it to hair radio Understanding the importance of public relations as it pertains to you guys out there who are entrepreneurs like myself. I'm Carrie Hines, and when I started focusing in on uh, this industry, oh, pretty close to 30 years ago, uh, I knew that it was very important to, uh, to gain exposure. And most folks who embark upon an entrepreneurial type journey or career, uh, probably, or maybe not uh, understand what public relations is all about and how it's an important stepping stone uh, for 
anybody in business. My book, How to Get Rich in the Hair Business, uh, really, really speaks to this. It covers every area of understanding everything. And and uh, we're celebrating uh, the information that's in the book. A uh, big anniversary for it. So I'm real excited about it. It's out there on Amazon, in case you're interested. Again, it's How to Get Rich in the Hair Business. Uh, but, but again... The PR, which is what public relations is referred to, is really where you are taking your message for your business, your products, whatever it is that you've got going on that you're looking to uh, increase sales or bring awareness to, uh, what you want to do, the very, very first step, uh, engaging the public's interest in what you have is to create Uh, the understanding of how it's beneficial to the folks you're trying to reach. So um, just wanted to begin this talk, this uh, as we kind of, again, look at all of uh, the different aspects of trying to get your business going here at uh, the Hair Radio Morning Show. So uh, I think this is a great way for folks to, you know, begin again, begin looking at uh, how to uh, connect with folks. That's what public relations is all about, and there's so much more to PR, and this is how you begin again, how to get rich in the hair business, and so many other different ways. I'm Maggie Anderson. I am the creator of The Empowerment Experiment and the author of Our Black Year, my family's year-long stand, completely living off of black-owned businesses. When we decided to take on this public pledge, we had no idea how hard it would be. There was only one black-owned grocery store in all of Illinois, and that grocery store closed five months before we finished our year. Um, And I have two little girls. There means no fresh milk, no fresh meats, no fresh produce. Um, But I put them through that because we took the stand and we wanted really to do something extreme out of love for our community to expose how few black businesses there still are, to refute uh, negative stereotypes about black-owned businesses, and to expose economic injustice that still persists in America. After the year, I decided that I could not go back to corporate I could not go back to law. I've made this issue of of economic racism and really trying to create economic empowerment in our black community, my life. The black hair care firms, they uh, sustained the civil rights movement. Black women created these companies, huge, thriving companies, and we needed that. We talk about Black Wall Street now because we shine a light on what happened in Tulsa. Most black neighborhoods were anchored by these black Wall Streets. And if we could bring that back, America would be better. I'm not saying bring all of it back. That would probably be impossible. But we can bring black hair care back. There are great black hair care companies that exist, black-owned hair care companies that exist right now. And it would be wonderful 
for in America, just like other groups own their culturally relevant products and industries, that the black community can own the biggest black hair care brands, that the black community can own uh, black beauty supply stores. 3% of the beauty supply stores in black neighborhoods, and people know, people, black people know what I'm talking about. If you go into a black neighborhood, you're going to see a beauty supply store, and they're going to sell all the black hair care products that only black people use, and they are not owned by black people. So I've issued the Black-Owned Hair Care Challenge. Just asking everyday folks to say, Hi, my name is Maggie Anderson, and I accept the Black-Owned Hair Care Challenge. And tell the world that from now on, if I'm going to buy black hair care products, I'm going to make sure it's from a black-owned company. I'm Carrie Hines, and I've been in the hair and beauty industry for 25 years. It's my pleasure and honor to introduce you to Carapy Shampoo and Carapy Conditioner, two unique all-natural hair products from Carrie Hines Hair Care, especially formulated to remedy any type of hair issue. And the biggest benefit of all is that Carapy Shampoo and Carapy Conditioner grows hair. Carrie Hines Hair Care is the very first African-American-based company to infuse hair care products with caffeine. Why caffeine? Well, many of you are aware that stimulating the scalp is truly what causes the hair follicles to awaken. We were most interested in developing a proprietary formula that works on all hair types, whether you have a relaxer or are a naturalista, and not wash away or strip the hair following a color treatment. We're thrilled at the amazing following of Kerapy, and we thank you. Please register at Kerapy.com and join our Kerapy community at HairRadio.com. Again, I'm Carrie Hines. Thank you. Root Rock Salon. Healthy roots. Healthy hair. Our expert stylists will help you shine. Naturally beautiful. We offer everything from hydrating shampoo, conditioning hair mask, oil steam treatments, to lock in the cuticle and an array of natural styles and programs to promote healthy hair growth using professional products. Book your consultation today online at RootsRockSalon.com. Visit us at 72 Harrison Avenue, West Orange, New Jersey, or call us at 973-957-7800. I was was just thinking, and, you know, that's a very dangerous thing for me, but um, (laughs) I was thinking about some directions of media, especially, and and some of the moguls, one was featured recently on one of my favorite other shows, the Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and they were talking about Byron Allen and all the things that yes. he's done with media. And they exactly. had something with with Robert Townsend and, and uh-huh. Keenan uh, Wayans and all this stuff, even, you know, Camel Bell and, and Spike Lee. And I thought, wow, those are, you know, impressive people in, you know, in my little mind. But then it's like, you know... I'm kind of wondering, do they know how Carrie Hines fits into this? Because you have been part of a media, uh, I won't say frenzy, you've been part of the media and um, made some very, very important inroads and, you know, connections 
um, that I think that that somebody needs to explore and, and write about or talk about or tell about. So um, I'm thankful that you're going to uh, help me look back and, and kind of document some of the things that you have contributed to media and some of the people and lives that you've touched because I think it's really important and people don't know because you're so humble. And uh, if you would, just indulge me and, and share with the listeners some of uh, the things that you do as Carrie Hines. Mary, uh, just to even hear you uh, speak of me like that is just, I can't even begin to tell you uh, how profound that is. Um, and when you mentioned folks like Byron Allen, I caught the tail end of that about Byron Allen. And I, uh, on this amazing uh, Sunday news program that I watch. And um, I'm going to Google it so I can see the whole piece because I'm so motivated by individuals like uh, Mr. Allen and so many others who uh, demand to be treated with respect and demand that our community is respected with regards to broadcasting and communication and and, uh, recognizing the talents and contribute, uh, you know, what we've contributed. And so um, mm-hmm. I'm all I'm all in, and I also want to extend the same kind of greeting to you and uh, what you've been able to accomplish, Mary Reed Johnson, and with Hairhead Heart. So thank you, thank you very much for that uh, wonderful intro. Absolutely, uh, and there's so many um, ways that we can start, but I'm thinking I'll start with kind of the six degrees of separation. Uh, because I know you've had some of these topics and you've addressed them before they were, you know, addressed by, you know, some names that, you know, may have ties with whatever media source. And so let's, let's maybe start with one. Um, let's talk about Cosby mm. and, you know, the show that you did. How did you come up with the idea to even uh, approach that. And this was, you know, light years. I, I know who Camus Bell is, of course, but light years before this project was going, I think you had already addressed it. I mean, it, it went as it was unfolding. So how did you even exactly. come up with that, you know, feeling that pulse that maybe it needed to have a discussion? Well, first, Mary, thank you so much. And I just want to preface all this by saying I don't know where Mary is going (laughs) with whatever she wants to know, uh, but the annals are open, uh, our archives are open, and I told her she has free reign to uh, ask me anything that she wishes uh, for you guys to know. So um, I'm glad you mentioned this. Uh, We did a piece called About and uh, talking about Cosby, and I remember the graphic and the whole idea. And um, I had this inspiration from, um, you know, let me, let me preface everything by saying, let's, let's go back to, uh, listen back for a moment um, on this, because a lot of what we do at Hair Radio and the Hair Radio Morning Show uh, is steeped in coverage or revisiting topics and things that might make the general broadcast media a tad on the uncomfortable side. And it's not meant to do that. It's not designed to do that. Um, it is It is for us to be able to be uh, a bit 
offer a bit of realism to the black experience. And we welcome everybody to that experience. It doesn't matter who you are, what race or nationality or any of that stuff. Um, but we wanted to take a look. I noticed for the most part that when I look at media, I see uh, a divide. I see that there is a way that that it appears to me anyway that, uh, you know, folks outside of our community, uh, you know, will listen or view discussions or topics or what have you, and folks that are inside of our community will view and listen and weigh in on different topics. And it can be largely said, of course, folks with shared experiences tend to have similar beliefs and all of that. Um, so I can understand that. And folks outside of the community are looking inside, are looking from the outside to uh, what they perceive to be how we are. So, um, so that's kind of how that is. So when you are telling a story, uh, whether it's my show or the general media out there, you're telling it from that perspective. And if, uh, if you don't have folks from this community, from our community, being part of those stories being told, well, they're not going to really tell it with the kind of uh, real cultural connection that it needs to have. I'll give you a quick uh, case in point, then I'll circle back to your, uh, your question about Cosby. Um, I was watching, uh, you know, uh, like during the month of February, you'll always hear uh, of Black History Month, and that's all wonderful and great. But I noticed a lot on local news, whenever that month comes around, uh, and this is a good lesson for any time that you're listening to this, this wonderful uh, piece today, but uh, what I've noticed is that oftentimes the, the discourse or the, what the local news is doing, they're not really telling you stories about black history. They will take a, a story about a person, a black person of note, who might now be running a cookie stand or whatever. And they will uh, talk about that on their newscast and then put the moniker or the banner up there, uh, Black History Month or what have you. When the real truth is, all that they are doing is doing what they should be doing anyway, which is inclusivity about uh, African-Americans, just like other cultures should be represented. And so, but, but the thing is, it's not black history. <laughs> it's black people, but it's not really black history. If you want right. to talk about the uh, what the contributions of our ancestors have done for America, then talk about that. But you're not, you know, they think that just by showing black people and putting the banner black, you know, that already tells me who's in your newsroom and what your discourse is, is doing and where there's a disconnection. So I don't want to be part of that, uh, which is not organic for me. I want an organic experience each morning, and I want that experience to be shared uh, by the folks who tune in. So there are, and, you know, I, I've never wanted to just, you know, when I like uh, just to look at the shows and not, you know, even if they have, uh, black people on their newscast. I'll tell you, you know, it's not, it, there's not an organic feeling for me. It's just, I see folks, and my favorite one 
is where you'll have folks who may be black who, uh, you know, where folks outside the community look and they, they think they're kind of maybe not black. And I'm looking at them thinking that they kind of might be black and somebody else is <laughs> because they, it's like I call them real, uh, you know, invisible uh, kind of that can fit into any anybody's well, mindset. You commitment. I think it's yeah. a commitment to whether it's community or color, colorization or right. – uh, perspective or heart, all of those, you know, are things that um, you can, you know, paint and make it seem if like X, Y, Z, even though in reality, it's not too hard to scratch that surface and, and see the reality, which is that, um, you know, more than 98% of the media comes from an exclusive source. <laughs> we'll just right. put it that way. Um, exactly. And so th- this is not a new story, uh, but why, what I like about Hair Radio Network and what you do, Carrie, is that you are more genuine and don't seem to be afraid to have whomever, whatever story, and it's their story, you know, and, and you know, you invite them to present it in uh I think that's very happy and again you haven't been it's not like your first time at the rodeo you've been doing this for what 29 years or thereabouts uh, how, how long have you been around there <laughs> we'll we'll park it on that one there's a good number to park okay it on. okay but mary i do uh just yes and closing on that i do want to just mention that you know my whole point was that you have uh you have these different newsrooms locally who generally don't include folks of, uh, I don't see it with my eyes so much, especially here in my market, with the darker hues. And uh, But what I will find are folks who are totally the opposite, where uh, it just does, it's not inclusive. And you feel that when you look at these things. And this is something that seems to be missing across the board, generally speaking. Now, when it comes to the Cosby conversation, that was my whole reason uh, for thinking about Cosby, first of all, because when I thought about this and and had the inspiration, it was from he had just been sent off to prison. Um, You could see in the news coverage that to say it was slanted is is the understatement of the year. And so it was mm-hmm. in the midst of all of the, um, the you know, the confrontations. Me with, Too moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the Me Too type movement and all of these things uh, bubbling up to the surface. Um, but there was a tinge of, um, you know, uh, of other conversations that seemed to be the discourse that they were trying to bring to the surface, and that was color. And so... With Bill Cosby's story, and again, he had just been sent off to prison, and the negative onslaught, and I, this is not to discuss whether or not he's innocent, as far as I'm concerned, or guilty. I have no idea. But what I do know is that the, the from my perspective, the lens was very different from what seemed to be, again, the folks inside versus outside the community. So um, as we moved along with his story uh, that we've been kind of brought into this with uh, local news media and and the coverage of it, um, I just kind of uh, thought that it was time 
to uh, visit this after he had been uh, away for some time uh, incarceration and uh, or incarcerated. So I thought it was a good time that we should brush off this story that seemed to be as far as the discourse I got from the, the media was to lock him up, throw away the key. Right. And, well, I saw, uh, that, um, and again, not, not to say whether he's guilty or innocent. I mean, everybody's guilty of something. Everybody, you know, just being responsible for your actions, whether you positioned yourself in, in someone's uh, lair or, you know, whatever. I'm not going to retry that. But, I also want to look at the concept of character assassination, uh, and I want to look at the stereotypes, and I want to look at people being responsible and not responsible, on and on and on. There's just a, a myriad of directions we could go. But for him, one of the things that I would say, because you mentioned uh, colorization, he was the first one, like they can pinpoint that this was the first uh leading black actor he wasn't a subservient he wasn't a lackey whatever he had equal footing with his co um co-actor i guess uh yeah. in uh, i spy robert culp right they had equal right. roles basically and you know a little trendy but he actually saw somebody being painted up in blackface who was going to be his stunt double for whatever episode and he he stood up and he's like well uh i'm thinking there's somebody <laughs> <laughs> who you can get, yeah. who's already black, right. you know, that type yeah. of thing. So he opened up the door for um, that. He opened up the door for actors of um, all hues and all ages. You know, he, he did a lot of good. So to say that he's an imperfect person, I'm not necessarily shocked. I'm not necessarily saying he wasn't acting in uh, some cultural ways that were accepted at the time. But the punishment and the crime don't seem to fit. I'm not. I'm not going to judge that. But I'm looking at the good that he did as a black man in a very uh, uh, this this. I want to say disadvantaged, but an unequal setting. And he still stood up, and he still did um, good and right things. Just like Hazel Scotton, you know, we have we have more than one. But he had his longevity. And the numbers of paths that he opened up for other people, clean comedians, you know, all kinds of things. I think that um, those just shouldn't be thrown out with the bathwater. You can't okay, undo yeah. the good that he did, you know. Uh, so, um, but but I, I think um, if if people take a listen um, to that discussion, I think they will be um, reminded of all layers that go into being a, a celebrity and all the layers that go into being a black celebrity and even the more layers and amounts of courage that it takes to be a black celebrity who recognizes that you do have some power and to use it properly. Uh, when I say properly, I mean for the positive of mankind or, you know, humanitarian efforts. And, you know, they could have totally just blown him away and you know we never heard of who who bill cosby was again but it didn't work out that way so um you know i i, I applaud you for giving him some space and having a discussion about you know the good and the bad so i exactly. just wonder where it came from yeah 
And Mary, that is, so just to end that, um, but uh, that's exactly what happened. Um, we wanted to take a look, and someone needed to mention the contributions. I'm from Philadelphia, so I grew up uh, looking uh, at every corner, and uh, there's Temple University, and there is, uh, you know, a very, um, in, there's a very deep, profound feeling that you know Bill Cosby, that he's connected, to, he's from Philly, he's connected to Philly, and this was, uh, for all of us, we had that kind of pride. But the thing that really resonated was that he had done so much in the education sphere. And so, uh, so yes, again, this is not to try guilty. We don't know. I don't know. Don't even, that's not my uh, thing. I'm able to make that discernment about uh, being able to see if uh, to really look at the good. And uh, that is something that is incredibly important. So, Mary, thank you for that. Oh, boy, I love, boy, you just opened up with a bang this morning. Okay. <laughs> well, it's your show. I have, wow. to, I have to, I know that you have it, and I know that uh, people need to know about it. So um, where did you come up with some of your titles for Hair Radio Morning Show? What are, what is, where did, because um, you've got the network. Right, you've got yes. the the show. You have um, just a Hot variety platform. of parts of your brand. So expand yes. on some of, you know, how one part of your brand led to the next part. Absolutely, and I'm so glad you mentioned this, Mary, because folks are sometimes they can, you know, we have similar titles with everything, and everything is radio and hair, and you're not sure if you're listening to the radio show or a recorded podcast or the live show or a 24-hour network. So we have all the above, and uh, let me just tell you, I'm so pleased that you ask it this way, because it started out as um, the hair radio show, and hair radio at that time was one word, so it was H-A-I-R-A-D-I-O. It was the hair radio show, so it was literally three <laughs> words. Hair radio was a made-up word. I later down the road separated it, but at that time, it was HAI Radio, the hair radio show, and so no mm. one could find it. <laughs> so um, I said, okay, i got to separate the word hair from radio at that time in terms of the broadcast, and we started out of North New Jersey on the station WNJR, which was located in downtown Newark, New Jersey, and that's on AM uh, radio, so... Uh, it's called AM and FM radio. Uh, it's called terrestrial radio. So, uh, so I started on terrestrial radio, folks. You know, these days they start on the internet. <laughs> they start on the podcast. Right, right. I predated all of that. Uh, so I started on an AM station um, with the hair radio show, and that was a fluke. Uh, I had already been producing radio shows. Um, I started with a show on the West Coast for kids. And then came back to the East Coast and started. A Go back to that. What was, uh, was that the Fuzzy Bear? Well, it was actually it was our version. It was my own uh, thought. It was called Fluff the Bear. Fluff the Bear Fluff, uh, yeah. was, um, um, and I'll tell you that story too. It's a very interesting story, um, but I have to say it it really was the beginning of of my whole journey. So, um, and I've never really told this story, and then I'll circle back to why and how we got to Hair Radio and the names and all of that. But yes, um, 
when I moved out to California, because I'm from Philadelphia, folks, again, uh, just as a reminder, as I just mentioned, um, I'm from Philly. And so I went out to the West Coast, uh, to L.A., to Los Angeles, to uh, just kind of, you know, get out to the sunshine. I'd always wanted to. I'd traveled there many times working in the airlines. I said, let me give it a try. So I moved out to the West Coast uh, back in the 90s and uh, started work for one of the major airlines, a legacy airline carrier, which just means one of the old big-time airlines, and um, got with my coworkers. And I was inspired to create a children's character, and I was inspired by uh, one of my friends who went to uh, this super expensive uh, school that you guys on the West Coast, all of my friends out in California, you know the school is USC. And uh, there weren't a whole lot of, you know, uh, wealthy black kids out there who were going to U.S. You know, you had to have money, essentially, was my take on the folks, the kids that went to USC at the time. And so um, my friend, uh, who was ironically from New Jersey also, here on the East Coast, that I met out there in L.A. And uh, so shouting out the folks in Hackensack, New Jersey. So my friend, uh, John, and... Uh, I got to talk with John. John wrote, I was so proud of him. I'd never met anybody around my age who uh, worked for Billboard magazine on the West Coast out in uh, L.A., uh, which produces the Hollywood Reporter uh, newspaper, even to this day. They're still the same people on Wilshire Boulevard, uh, which I lived off of Wilshire in L.A. And so uh, John was working for, uh, you know, uh, Billboard magazine. And he had been, uh, they paid him extra, I guess, because he was already working there, to interview Queen Latifah. So um, I'm looking at his article, Queen Latifah. She's uh, an actress and and rapper from, uh, she's still out there doing a lot of things. Uh, And this was in the 90s. And Queen Latifah was mainly a rap uh, superstar at that time. And so he, they put him in Billboard magazine with this huge picture. And it's still available on the Internet, too, by the way, uh, this article that uh, he did. And so I was so proud of John. I was, like, so proud. And I said, if John – now, John was also going to school at USC, as I mentioned. And so um, I was like, wow, if, if he can do this, there's got to be something I can do. And so um, I – Went into out in L.A., they have the apartment, and out there it's a little different uh, than here where I am in Brooklyn, New York, and probably out there where you are as well, Mary. But uh, on the West Coast, uh, West Coast, out in L.A., the apartments all have like a little dressing room. So you may have, you've got a bathroom, and then you have a separate dressing room, which usually your bathroom lets into, and then you go into the rest of your apartment. Those were many of the apartments. You, you folks out there in L.A. know what I'm talking about. Well, that's very different here. I have never been into a, an apartment or even a house or anything on the East Coast that has a separate dressing room like that, <laughs> unless you've got a mansion somewhere. So mm-hmm. out there, that was the typical, all these old apartments have that. So I went into my dressing room in Los Angeles uh, and recorded a children's show. I just said, you know what, let me just... I literally, in those days, you'd have a tape recorder, and I took a tape recorder and uh, just told the story of something that was off the top of my head, and I made up a story being so influenced by 
uh, and I'll see that influence was from Winnie the Pooh, obviously, when I was a kid, uh, <laughs> right. that my mom bought me those stories. So I came up with the idea of Fluff the Bear. I never made that connection at the time, but looking back, and as we are now listening back, but, um, but yeah, I created the Fluff the Bear story on an audio tape, uh, audio cassette for you guys from the last century, uh, or the last couple Thank centuries. You. Um, yeah, so I created uh, a story called Fluff the Bear, in which I was telling the story of a little child, um, a bear, uh, who has great friends, or these two little friends, and uh, he went on a journey to fall asleep. So that was the whole story. Mm-hmm. That was the crux. Remember, it's for kids. You don't have to make it war and peace. It just has to make sense uh, to the little ones. And we didn't really talk down to them. We enjoyed uh telling a story that the whole family could listen to. And so I took this idea to my colleagues at the airline, and uh, the airline allowed us, supported us. They did a big article of me in their uh, magazine, their aircraft, airplane magazine. So you guys oh, know I remember the those, yes. You remember the back seats of each airline, um, you know, you yes. sit there and pull up. Well, I was on page three. I'll never forget it for that month. <laughs> and um, along with my colleagues at the airline, so we would voice the stories, and uh, that led to so many other things. But largely, they had a plaque of me on the airline wall of my accomplishments. Mm-hmm. So the magazine, uh, they had the picture, which I'll share with everybody. Uh, put it on. I put it on social media. I put it on our website at hairradio.com for everybody. Uh, but what was so astonishing is that no other employee had a plaque on the wall at the airline except me. And uh, <laughs> when I would fly on the airplane, you know, I would travel back from L.A. to my home, uh, my family and stuff on the East Coast. They would announce that I was on the airplane and to turn to page three so they could read the article and everybody <laughs> would clap on the airplane. Well, that I did it for me. That did it for me. So. That's how I kind of, that kind of really brought me into it. And, you know, to think, and so I thank John for inspiring me to create Fluff the Bear. That went on to the success of the airline. And then the big news is the airline wanted me to develop uh, audio content for the airplane for children. So that led me to go to uh, end up on Sunset Boulevard in L.A. uh, at the same building where Atlantic Records was at the time. You guys, you know, may remember Atlantic Records. So I went out Mm -hmm. to that building um, and uh, because uh, somehow I got connected with a public relations firm. Back in those days, I didn't know PR. I didn't know what a publicist was like anybody else. I was just like, you know, just going through life. And uh, so I got connected with a public relations firm, and I remember going in that building and on the elevator looking out and seeing Atlantic Records on one of the floors <laughs> and uh, going up to the PR firm. And there were no black faces. Let me just, just be honest with everybody. There were none. And I sat in a conference room. They all came in, and they connected me with an, or an outfit that took radio they had their own radio network, which I still remember. And they took my children's cassette um, idea, my children's cassette, and turned it into a radio commercial. And they put that mm-hmm. commercial of my cassette 
onto 875 stations advertisements. So we were in wow. 875 markets talking about Fluff the Bear cassettes and the commercial, you know, the radio show and the, you know, get your own commercial. I'm sorry, get your own, buy your own cassette. So I, that was my first time being out in 875 markets at the beginning of this and the 90s. And so from there, I was discovered in part by, uh, I took that and turned it into a weekly theater show. And the gentleman who was one of the stars of the Amos and Andy TV show. Now, remember, this is Los Angeles. He had opened up and created um, a very respected live performing theater called the Ebony Showcase in Los Angeles. And he was there with his wife and his daughter, Valerie. And his name was Nick Nick Stewart. Nicholas Stewart was one of the stars of uh, Amos and Andy. So um, I went to the theater. He loved me. They loved me there. And I got to know his family. And he allowed me to put on a Fluff the Bear live performing show on Saturdays. And that's what I did. So I had the radio show. By the way, the public relations firm introduced me to a radio station out in Glendale, California. So I was able to put on the very first uh, radio show that was on that I, in L.A. anyway at 730 in the evening. Uh, called the Fluff the Bear radio show. And from there, uh, that was all running kind of simultaneously with uh, the theater show from Nick Stewart uh, Theater, called, again, the Ebony Showcase Theater. What I loved about um, Ebony Showcase Theater, and again, you mentioned about the six degrees, is that uh, one of the board of trustees, he'd had, Nick Stewart had all these uh, black celebrities uh, as trustees of his theater. Uh, his board of trustees, and one of those individuals was, of course, guess who? Bill Cosby. Mm, Spike. Oh, Bill. Oh, my. Bill Cosby. So there you go, Miss Mary. <laughs> wow. So, uh, that, well, right was... now we're listening to uh, Air Radio Network, or which one are where we? Hair Radio well, Morning Show? Well, which, which degree are we in right now, Terry? Well, that's the thing, and I wanted to spell out the beginning. So that's how the hair radio show had started. So I got that impetus when I returned back home. I took the success from all those cassette sales, moved back to the East Coast, and opened up office space in downtown Newark, New Jersey. And uh, Mm -hmm. that's where I had my own uh, staff. I had all kinds of folks uh, helping me at that time with two assistants and, again, upstairs in Newark. It was really nice. Now, um, so I created the hair radio show at that time. And the hair radio show was really just the idea of taking, uh, uh, I thought I would just have a hairstylist or two give out some hair tips. And that would be it. Uh, So I assembled a staff. Most folks don't know that I didn't host the first hair radio show even on my own production, <laughs> well, I had taken four uh, hairstylists. Two were doing what in those days we called natural hair, which is what it is still is. But they would do like locks and twists. That's what they were known for in Orange, New Jersey. And one lady, uh, she was in Montclair, New Jersey, and she would talk about like the cosmetology side of hair, hair care. And then I had another gentleman who was a barber, and but I think he also did like natural hair, but he was like a barber in that realm. 
And um, and the four of them, along with I just produced the show, the first uh, hair radio show, I just produced it. And they would talk. And they were wonderful. I love them so very much. But um, you're looking back at the a lens uh, now that's very different than in 1995. In 1995, we all had to be in the same room to produce a radio show like that. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could dial in, but it was you had to go off to a radio station in those days. So it was so hard to connect everybody who was in different places. And they were awesome. I love them so very much. I wonder whatever happened to them. I'm going to see if I can find them uh, to uh, just to oh, that say hi. Great. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'm going to try to do that. I'm so glad we're having this discussion this morning on the Hair Radio Show. Um uh, but, yeah, that's how I started, and the only reason I said, well, I love the hairstylist giving tips, but let me see if maybe I could do it since I couldn't get everybody as often as I wanted to, and I had schedules and things like that to adhere to for the radio uh, stations uh, that we were on down in, down in Newark, New Jersey. And so um, I said, I'll take over the hosting if they'll accept me, I'm thinking, um, you know, as far as the public is concerned, I said, because I can look at it from the novice's point of view, which is probably the, it's the angle anyway that I wanted to have. I wanted to ask the questions genuinely that folks who need to know, you know, would like to know it's the same thing I wanted to know. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I started with that in mind. And I took over the reins of host of my own show and creation uh, for the hair radio show. And that's how I started. But Mary, with that impetus or with the thought anyway, that I was providing content for just the general public, I had no idea that, <laughs> that the, we were going to be taken over, so to speak, by professionals in the industry, by the product companies, by all kinds of folks coming on board, by the entertainment oh. folks even hijacked us. But I had yes. no Well, even just idea. talk about some of the product. Yeah, talk about some of the product connections and and people in the industry that um, have appeared or that you've worked with on uh, Hair Radio Network. Oh, absolutely. Well, and also just to wrap it up so you know what happened after that, because we went from the three-word title, the Hair Radio Show, to uh, the actual kind of like five-word title, which is the Hair Radio Morning Show. So um, as I said, back in 95, the, sh- the Hair Radio Show was created, and I'm very proud of that. And we started again with folks, uh, you know, the general public providing tips. But as we moved along, I left the industry, the, and, and, and I wasn't as steeped in the hair industry, let me just say that at that time, um, I got inspired by the folks at Bronner Brothers, which I'm shouting out the Bronner Brothers folks. I'm great friends with uh, Bernard Bronner and all the people these days. But when I started, I didn't know them. So I went to the Bronner Brothers event down in Atlanta at that time and uh, had a chance. I was so inspired by seeing so many amazing people of color assembled uh, great music blasting from through the rafters and all kinds of <laughs> movement. And it was the, I, I was so touched. And then I got to know a lot of the African-American hairstylists who were there. Uh, 
they were off in their rooms. It was like a convention, and they invited me. They took me in and made me a part of their family. And that feeling is still with me today. And I have devoted myself to the uh, betterment of this community, um, and it's never waned. I'm still a person who cares very much for hairstylists and for hair people. Um, that will never change. And I'm glad that I've, I've hope that I've represented the community well. And so that is how the hair radio show began. And we brought it back in 2015 as the morning show, kind of like a, you know, Steve Harvey-ish, uh, you know, type radio show in which, uh, and I didn't know if it was going to be accepted. I said, you know what? Three hours every day, weekdays, Monday, <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, three hours a day live. Oh, my goodness. That's commitment. That's commitment, mm-hmm. and that's how I started. And so I, I began, uh, you know, producing that, um, never having been on this particular uh, broadcast uh, platform. But I started, and I had some friends, and they walked me through how to turn the buttons and hit the different things because I'd never done it on that platform. And uh, I got started with show number one, which is still out there for folks to listen to. Um, but the issue with that is uh, there was a big difference from listening back then to those three-hour shows. Like my first week was just chaos. I didn't know what I was doing and hitting different buttons and all of that stuff. Well, again, that was in 2015. And since then, uh, we've had quite success with it. Uh, we're talking about, you know, like close to 1,000 shows later. And so um, I'm just uh, so grateful. I really am. So you ask about some of the guests who were on the show. Again, early on, it was just about giving hair tips. And so I would have on illuminated uh, hairstylists. So folks who had reached a certain level in the industry, as well as others who they were just sharing their success with other hairstylists who were on the way up. And I felt that all could contribute to better hair care for everybody. And that was the whole idea and the foundation of the hair radio show. But I do have to share this. It all sounds like, oh, it's perfectly normal to talk about hair on radio. Well, yeah, it sounds perfectly normal now because now. of something <laughs> called a podcast. But when I created and I first told individuals, I'm going to do a show called the hair radio show, I was literally laughed at literally to my face laughed at a show about hair on radio what (laughs) nobody wants what you just got to know who you are right well Mm -hmm. let me tell you mary that was how uh it was looked at back in 1995 so no one knew of a word called podcast in which podcast talks about all kinds of a variety of subjects screwing in a light bulb can be a podcast Well, nowadays, that's accepted. But in my day, again, there was no such thing as a podcast. We preceded the Internet. So there was nothing but called like radio. And so um, I like to think of myself as, you know, the father of the podcast, if you will, because that's what it was. Oh, absolutely a pioneer. Right? Absolutely. And when you talk about um, it's your day, I mean, it's still your day. (laughs) <laughs> because oh, you have you. not stopped growing and you've expanded um, just tremendously. 
and the and the topics and the range and how you tie things together. It's like uh, you. I I know you have one book, but you need to make another book to explain <laughs> kind of this rise and and yes. uh, how you process because it is wow. amazing. Well, you're very kind. And, yes, I do have a couple of things out there uh, that's available for you guys to read, and I'll talk about that. But, Mary, that's the whole thing. And and talking about laughing um, at the idea and notion of talking about hair, uh, I remember hearing uh, – I was in Jersey, so the Northeast, and New York, the big newspaper. We have a couple. We have the big New York Times, which is a daily newspaper here for all the city. But we also had uh, the New York Daily newspaper, and that was just as popular out there. Now, these are not, you know, I call, you know, um, throw papers for the urban side of town, if you know what I mean. So these were newspapers that reached across the board to every walk of life in New York City. And I remember uh, that the at that time, the reporter in New York and the Daily newspaper anyway, they used to do a section called Radio Something. It was a radio section. He used to talk about radio shows back then. Um, mm-hmm. And he was doing – He had. The, I used to read the man's column. I was so excited that uh, we would be mentioned in his column one day. I was so excited. And so uh, that's what happened. I, I remember he printed uh, something about hair radio, but it wasn't all that kind. Uh, what he said was that why would – here it is. Here's the announcement to tune in to hair radio show. But um, why would uh, anybody really care so much? Hair is so esoteric. That was the word he used. I didn't know really <laughs> all that. Esoteric. I'm going to have to look that one up. Yes. And I had to look it up then, too. But I knew it wasn't a pat on the back, so to speak. So um, mm-hmm. I, I was just happy that my uh, name was in the newspapers. It was in, <laughs> literally in the New York Daily newspaper, just that one line or two. And I didn't appear again in the New York Daily newspaper until maybe 10 years later when I did uh, a 10-year celebration about the hair radio show. And it was done at this huge place uh, in Manhattan called the TV of Museum – let me get it right – the Museum of Television and Radio, of TV and Radio. Oh, wow. And I had never – this is not a place where you see a lot of folks from the hood going up into, okay, I'm going to just put it honest, out there. Uh, And this was where they had been around for, like, years paying tribute to broadcast. And we're talking about broadcast, okay? And it is called, again, the Museum of TV and Radio. Now, they changed their name just recently to the Pelly Center. And uh, wow. and you can Google that out there. So they're still around, but they cha- had a name change since we were there. They allowed me to come in. I couldn't afford to rent the, the space. Uh, and they allowed me to do a special 10-year celebration in their location. Uh, wow. And I remember one of my good friends, uh, Marilyn Bell, who is uh, – she had a magazine called um, Black Elegance, B.E., that she was the editor of or behind uh, producing it. So she came to our event. So many other folks came to the uh, Museum of TV and Radio in Manhattan in New York City to our celebration, and it was wonderful. They had chairs. You could all sit around and listen through the headsets and talk through their mics, and it was beautiful, a beautiful location. So I've got pictures of that, too. So that was my beginning. 
that was my beginning. So you asked about hair products and all of that in my book. I recognized that I had a lot to share. And it, and I still, I tell all the fans of the show, even to this day, that um, it's got to be something that is real and true. And, um, you know, a lot of folks have gone on to emulate what I do or to be inspired by what I do. All that's wonderful and good and all of that. But uh, mine, it's flattery, but mine is really, truly organic. Like I tell people, well, you know, you're listening to the hair radio show, my three-hour live broadcast, uh, which is Monday through Friday uh, through Blog Talk. I said, you're listening to that from 6 to 9 New York time, 5 to 8 Central. Um, But that's only three hours uh, each day. I said, I literally am the hair radio show. 24 hours a day. <laughs> this is not just well, something I turn on and turn off at the end at 9 o'clock when we go off the air that day. I'm literally living the life of the hair radio show. I do interviews. I book guests. I give people updates. I write down things. It is a full-on uh, operation, Mary, a full-on operation. So that was what I generally amazing. Did. I mean, you still have to take care of yourself. So thank goodness you finally established business hours. But uh, yeah. I know even when business uh, per se is not uh, something you're engaging in, you are still wrapped up in business things. So it, I mean, we all benefit from it. So thank you. Thank you. Yes. Well, you got it, Mary. And that's really how we started. Uh, the Hair Radio Show then uh, morphed into the Hair Radio Morning Show. Uh, we're still there in that space. And then I turned that into a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week hair radio network. And what that was designed to do at the time, this was in the early 2000s when I first created the Hair Radio Broadcast Network is what I called it back then, um, in which I would literally have a hair radio show going on around the clock. And that's mm-hmm. how I started. And that was way ahead of everybody, way ahead. The only issue at that time in the early 2000s is that many of the hair salons didn't have computers in our community. They might have mm-hmm. had them in the other communities. We didn't have that many that I used to walk. I used to literally go and walk from salon to salon. Uh, in the Northeast. So this is not something, you know, I didn't just wake up and decide I'm going to do hair radio. I lived every drop. I wrote hand cards and pass out things and walk and talk to people. I went anywhere I could find to get the ear of folks who would listen, literally. And so uh, that that was my big thing. Uh, It really was. And I tried my darndest and kept beating the drum of the hair radio show out there. And we kept on, we kind of kept on going from there. And that was really the the generic start of how things kind of picked up. And my 24-hour network, I started it and I said, you know what, I even knew that that was too early and ahead of its time. And <laughs> I knew and felt it. I knew and felt it then. That was in like maybe 2000, I guess maybe 2003 or four, something like that. So years later, Long after I created even the three-hour broadcast, long after I created that, because when I tell people that we're on or about around a 1,000 broadcasts or what have you, 
it makes people think that I'm talking about my entire 25-year career or what have you, and I'm not. I'm only talking about the last several years as the morning version, the morning show, the radio morning show. So um, what I've done, the difference. Time to rise and shine with the Hair Radio Morning Show with Carrie Hines. Did you know that the Hair Radio Show with Carrie Hines is the longest running radio broadcast on hair and beauty talk in the world? It's a broadcasting hair industry institution. Be a live guest on air and join our long list of amazing celebrities and hair and beauty industry luminaries who've all been on our show. Give our office team a call at 833-402-8882. Again, that's 833-402-8882. Or visit us online at hairradio.com because you haven't made it until you've made it to Hair Radio. Okay, I'm actually out and about, uh, you know, and courtesy and shout out to Mr. Lonel Williams for making all of this happen right here for me in New York City for my big celebration, I should say. Now, um, I, you know, we came out uh, to see this wonderful new play called Patience, uh, which was at the Second Stage uh, Theater in uh, Manhattan, so in New York City. A uh, very, very impressive play. And while I'm there, I, I should say I met an incredible uh, theater goer. I'm going to have her to introduce herself. Tell everybody who you are. This is your first time on the Hair Radio More to Joke. Yes, this is my first time, but I have to say shout out to all my fellow teachers out there who are getting ready or already started this new school year. And Well, first of all, what's your name and where are you from? <laughs> I'm Taisha. Uh, Miss T, and I'm originally from Massachusetts, but I've been living in Brooklyn for just almost eight years now. My fellow Brooklynites. Okay, that sounds just awesome. So listen, I, I've got to ask you, what did you think of the play, Patience? I thought it was incredible. I read up a little bit about it, saw that it was at second stage, saw a tremendous play by um, Young Jean Lee. Right before the pandemic, um, we're going to die, and so I really wanted to get back to second stage now. And I think it was just, as I said, I'm a teacher, and I've been trying to find ways to promote excellence regardless of color and understand how different people, again, regardless of color, regardless of gender, regardless of presentation, deal with being excellent at something and then realizing it's not what we love. It's not actually what's fulfilling. It's what we really need are people. What we really need is to figure ourselves out and time for self-reflection and time for growth. And, like, what to do when you've been told being great at something is what you're supposed to be. Like, what do you do when you were great at something and then you were like, oh, wait. How am I happy still? What up? I'm what up with that? So. Alicia, wow. <laughs> I love this. You it's must do radio it. on the side. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the list. It's on okay, the list. So you're really right. making my night in so many ways. Likewise, likewise. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, two thumbs up for <laughs> patience. Okay. At the it, now, it's at the McGinn Gazelle Theater. Yes. Second stage uptown. Second stage uptown. Okay. 20th anniversary uptown season. We love it. Awesome. Please Google it. Uh, go to myhairradio.com page. 
our online community, everything. We will put you in touch with these folks. You've got to see patients. And uh, thank you so much. Okay, Taisha, thank you. Nice to talk with you. Enjoy your time in New York. Thank you. Well, you live here now, so you're in Brooklyn. I will keep enjoying myself. Okay, good. All right, we'll be right back, everybody. Thank you. It's two thumbs up. The Hair Radio Morning Show goes to the movies. It's our brand new movie talk radio segment. Listen live. Tune in right here on our broadcast for our unique review of the latest movie. Join us live on the air to chat. It's Movie Talk on the Hair Radio Morning Show. The Let Your Spirit Source segment on the Hair Radio Morning Show is about getting your day and ours started with positive thoughts, well wishes, great quotes, and amazing affirmations. So if you have one you'd like to share, please send it through our Salon TV Network app and we'll get it featured on the air. I'm Carrie Hines. You're invited to be part of our new limited radio broadcast series talking about Cosby. It's our chance to collectively delve into the life and career and legacy of Bill Cosby right here on the Hair Radio Morning Show. Now we've got great on-air commentators who will be lending their voices to this complex man's story, and we want to hear from you. Our mid-show hour from 7 to 8 a.m. Eastern, 6 to 7 Central, it's your chance to call in and speak live on the air. Go to our Facebook page, The Hair Radio Morning Show, for complete details. Ladies, do you love a man with a well-groomed and sexy beard? Men, do you suffer from patchiness or irritation and want a fuller beard? Well, let me introduce you to the hottest beard care products on the market. Rugged Evolution features 16 amazing balms, oils, shampoos, and accessories. Our products are sure to meet the demands of all your beard care needs. For more information, go to RuggedEvo.com. That's RuggedEvo.com. And remember, Rugged is the new smooth. I have a product called Organic Love Collection Shea Butter. It's a sensual shea butter. And um, once you apply it, um, it reinvigorates the skin. It takes care of blemishes. Um, a hyper t- hyperpigmentation. It has all kinds of um, beautiful oils in it. And what it does for the hair, the nails, and the skin is to renew it and to make you feel beautiful and moreover to restore you to self-love and self-care. We're a Christian organization and we're in the community um, trying to educate people on eczema, psoriasis, breaking hair, alopecia, things of that nature. And this product is a cure-all for the whole family. If you grab the jar or the bottle, it comes in a liquid and solid. Uh, it deals with eczema um, within three days. Uh, the longest it'll take is seven days to restore your skin. And most of all, it's, it's great for the scalp and very um, uplifting to the hair. It keeps the hair moist and um, free of breakage and moreover manageable. So as you um, work with it, if you have natural hair, it won't break. And if you have permed or color processed hair, it'll continue to allow for it to have the elasticity it needs so that your mane grows beautiful and healthy. 
currently we are on social media where business is just starting out. So I started on Instagram, once again, Instagram. And the name of the company is Organic Love Collection. And we, we can also be found through Instagram on Big Cartel. So the product could be purchased um, at organiclovecollection.bigcartel.com. Repeat that one more time. Organiclovecollection.bigcartel.com. <laughs> and welcome back to the Hair Radio Morning Show. Carrie, over to you. All right. Thank you, Angela. Friday, September 9th of 2022. It's our show number 754. Show number 754 as we really kick off the weekend. It is Friday morning. Listen, I want to bring to the line uh, my amazing co-star. You guys know her well. She's out of Water Valley, Mississippi. Again, uh, let me just get her on the line. Miss Nicole Marie. Good morning. I thought Good I surprised morning. you this morning, Nicole Marie. Yes, we did. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. But Happy Friday. Yes. Happy Good morning show. to all of our yes. listeners, our fans. Yes. Good morning. Well, they've been listening to the show. So we yes, just want to yes. remind them. This is our second hour. We are Welcome on to six in the morning tonight. Yes. Yeah, we go the whole show. So uh, please, you know, tune in from 6 a.m. Eastern, uh, 5 this year out in the Central Time Zone. Um, real good stuff. We have tried to put on some early good things. Speaking of which, I'm going to talk to you about what we had on this morning uh, and oh, all yeah. of that because I replayed something that we did recently for a reason. Um, folks wanted to know a little bit more about my background. I thought this was a great way to explain it, which was having Mary Lee Johnson, our guest uh, co-host from time to time, to on in uh, from my time out in California. So I thought that would be really, really good. And uh, I think it did the trick. So real good stuff. Yeah, and then I just had on a a few uh, little clips. Uh, from an interview I did out uh, when I went to see the play Patience uh, for my big right, celebration right. ago. Yeah, exactly. And so it was really good stuff. And just uh, kind of keeping you guys informed. Uh, listen, every media outlet in the world is covering the passing of Queen Elizabeth oh, II yes. of yes. Uh, Europe. Uh, so real big stuff. And I thought it would be interesting to talk a little bit Um I'm sure there's some things uh, that uh, we can Google real quick to get all the skinny on things that we don't know. But there's so much. She's been the queen for so long that there's so many things that we do 70 know. years, yes. Britain's longest years monarch. The queen. That is amazing. That's, I mean, that's a, a lifetime of so many of the, you know, so many of the people. You know, that's absolutely. all they know is the queen. Absolutely. Yeah, so she's the ultimate of your girl power, folks, uh, I would yes, imagine. Yes, she is. She is an mm. iconic girl power leader. Yes, she definitely is. Passed away at yeah. 96 uh, years old. Yeah, and for That's me, amazing. I mean, for all of us, we just saw her literally working a couple of days ago. It was kind of reminding yes. me of when Cicely Tyson passed. Cicely was just on the talk, chatting up everything on camera. 
sitting there with the yeah. folks at the table. And uh, that was it. And it literally within about three days, that was it. So these folks yes. have, like, iron wheels. Yes. They, they don't work, give up. Work. Yes. Well, yes. it's work Focus that – And I work. They love. Work that they love, though. Yeah. Yeah, there's a message in all of that, um, I believe. I believe there's a message. I think that if you are doing the work that fuels you, that is your passion, you can see mm-hmm. how I believe somehow yes. I don't think it I don't think it can always extend your life. Okay, because we there are things that are just not in our control. You know, you right. can do whatever you can you can be a Boy Scout and, God forbid, walk across the street and there comes a bus. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so exactly. If we don't know. There's things that are out of our control. However, with that being said, on what we can do to extend and add to our lives, and I think that's the kind of yes. thing, the message I'm pulling from all of this. And yes. for me, yes. it seems like, uh, you know, take better care of your, the best care that you can. Um, for people of color, a lot of yes. us, we are against the, you know, we're against the eight ball in our communities. They've been, we you know, blighted and we, we're stuck with food choices that are not healthy, yes. prices that yes. are exorbitant, Healthcare. Um, all of the stuff that we've yes. just been left to stew. And so yes. all of that stuff puts a strain on our communities. Um, again, you're right, subpar medical treatment in, in many uh, areas, um, and so many other poor options for uh, people. We've got to, people of color, we've got to figure that out. Um, with that being said, um, what we can control, uh, and I think that she has done that, and that's by having a passion for what you're doing. And yeah. that doesn't, you know, your economic bracket does not dictate what can fuel your passion. You find another way. No, we may not have uh, access to the same playing field uh, when it comes to, you know, because of, you know, uh, monies and things of that nature. Different opportunities and But we can still find, be creative about fueling your passion. I talked about it early this morning on the piece. Uh, You know, I found other ways to, to get things done. And yes. um, and made some incredible connections, uh, like with the public relations company that then made that big deal on all those radio stations. Uh, right. That was a big push. That money gave me the opportunity to come back to the East Coast and open up office space. And from right. there, I was able to hire a team of folks and rent office space upstairs and have my own production studio in Newark, New Jersey. So that. Right. What can kind of happen like when you have the, blocks the along resources. the way? Yes, making those connections. Yes, yes. absolutely. Those are that when you have the resources. So let that passion fuel you. That's what my takeaway this morning is from the passing of Queen Elizabeth. Now, um, yes. you know, America and England. It's a little the way that I look at how you know American folks are. I've only been to to England just one time. I've only been to London just once, and I remember for me back way back when this was before they had all this all this crazy stuff going on. It was a long, long time ago, but I remember 
the exchange rate. Yeah, I remember all of that. Um, I stayed over for a long weekend uh, and flew over. I remember going to Piccadilly Circus and stayed in a section of London called Earl's Court. I remember Uh everything. I remember very much. uh, uh, I remember the hotel I stayed at. (laughs) I remember all of that. I remember we drove. (laughs) Yeah, we had a rental car and all of that. We flew into London's Gatwick Airport, which is uh, not as large as Heathrow. Gatwick is outside of the the town. And um, that was my only experience in England. And I loved it. I thought it was great. I got, I hightailed it out of there that Monday because the prices were so expensive. <laughs> uh, we really did. It was so expensive. I can't even begin to tell you. Um, let me give you back then, for example, a Big Mac might have been in America, say, $2. Okay. However, in, in London at the time, the Big Mac would be like four pounds. Okay. Hmm, so you're okay. like, okay, four pounds. Um, okay. Well, let let's let's make it better. It would be two pounds, two dollars in America, and in London it would be two pounds. Well, that sounds okay. like okay, two dollars equals two pounds. That kind of comparable. Like that's what it should be. Right. However, when you took your two dollars of it's American same, money. Right. And exchanged mm-hmm. it. You only got one pound. <laughs> oh, so you put, okay. you got one pound. So you're but paying the double. You're paying double. Two pounds. And so <laughs> your money, went right, that money that we had, I, well, I could speak for myself. One of my friends, my colleagues was with me. And, uh, but the money I had went away in about a day. <laughs> the little wow. bit of money I had. So I, I said, I got to get out of here. So it was time for you to get out of here quickly. I, yeah, because <laughs> when your money runs, listen, I have been, you know, I've worked for the carriers. So I've been in places and, um, you know, it's one thing. See, we had pretty much access to travel anywhere in the world. Right. That wasn't the issue getting there. The issue is what you're going to do once you arrive. Once you're there. <laughs> once you're there. Exactly. And I've been exactly. stuck. I have been, I've been stuck in Miami, Florida once. Yeah. So I learned real well never to have that happen again. <laughs> I had to try to contact family and friends to get me home. Yeah, I was stuck. Yes. I was stuck in, I was stuck in Miami, but I also, I was stuck in, where was I stuck? I wasn't stuck. Was I stuck in London? I wasn't stuck in London. Was I in Paris? I was in, I think I was in Paris. I wasn't so much stuck, but what happens is that they might cancel the flight. And so okay. they're taking care of all and the you have passengers to stay over. who, yeah, they're, well, this is what happened. They canceled the flight uh, from Paris back to, to Jersey, to Newark, and could not get on the the next flight, they had to put the regular passengers who paid money. So right. I couldn't even get on that flight. So um, oh, wow. back then... So how long did you have yeah, to wait? Well, ironically, the way that the airline business works for you guys who may not be in the... Well, you're not in the industry, per se, but my friends who are understand, but um, luckily back then, um, the airlines were very gracious with one another. So 
um, you know, we are all a family. So what the people at Air France, I will never forget this. They were so kind. Uh, my friend and I, they took us, um, put us on an Air France flight in business class back to the United States. Nice. Uh, okay. But, yeah, you don't. we don't have to pay for any. Oh. Sorry, we didn't have to pay anything. Sorry, folks. Uh, that's how the airlines work. And so uh, they put us up and everything. And we do the same. I used to do the same thing for my colleagues in the industry. You, you know, we we know what it's we like working in that uh, yeah that right. industry. Right. <laughs> and we do everything we can to make it real nice for you. And they did. They treat <laughs> they treated me like the king. They really did. They treated us so well. I love them so much for right. it. And uh, had a chance to come back to America, um, and right. uh, just always had a great time. Yeah, so that's how it is. You know, you don't want to. I mean, it's scary being stuck in a foreign country. Uh, oh yeah. So that you think you're stuck, yeah, or not having enough funds or money to to stay over again. You know, because see, remember, right. you had free travel, but you, and you didn't make a lot of money in the industry at that time. You really didn't. You still don't. Um, not what you should be making. So those were the things. Right. But, you know, so I I had a chance to go over there, did not uh, see the queen, but it was something that my whole life has been predicated on, uh, you know, uh, being of service to our community. And so I can understand to that exactly. degree how she must have felt about serving her her country, and she, as uh, everybody reported, she didn't expect to be queen. So um, now, uh, what is it, Charles is king? Yes, Charles is king. The Prince of Wales, yes, his son, is now the 42nd monarch. Yes. Wow, and then it's, uh, after him, it's uh, the oldest child, Yes. William, right? I think it's his name. Okay. Wow. William. Yes, William and then Andrew. The only closest I've ever seen to royalty, if you will, in my entire life, I forgot there was one other thing. I did not go to, I've only been to to London that one time, but that wasn't the, where I ran into a royal person per se. Uh, I remember being out in, well, actually, I think I was, I think I was visiting L.A., and I happened to go to one of the TV shows, and that TV show, I don't remember if it was Pat Sajak's show, who was the one who hosts Wheel of Fortune, because I went to his talk show, or if it was Arsenio Hall's show, but it was one of them. Okay. And... As their guest, they had on Princess Fergie's dad. Yeah. Okay. He was a guest on the show, and I was there in the audience that day. And uh, she is, of course, Prince Andrew's former wife. Um, and uh, and just and of course he's the brother of uh, Charles and all of that. I believe is how it works. And. Uh, well, interesting, but yeah, that was the only time, and she's great friends, of course, with Princess Diana, and so okay, uh, yes. Can't I didn't see her. Diana, yes. there. But right. at least uh, that's something. That's the closest I ever got. Uh, right, you know, right. But well, you got closer than I've gotten, so. 
Oh, well, yeah, this is true. This is true. Well, yeah, here's your chance that she'll be lying in state um, uh, over there. And, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, so the people, they're taking it really hard. Have you seen any of the yes, news reports? They are. Yes, I was watching it last night and early this morning, yes. And I, I've seen how because the queen um, passed away at the Balmoral Estate in Scotland, yeah, right, that her Scotland. body is to remain in Scotland for a number of days. I believe they're calling it Operation uh, Unicorn. And then they already have had in place what's called Operation London Bridge, where there's a 10-day period from the day after the death and then yes, the funeral and Westmoreland Abbey yeah. and yes, all of their protocol that they follow yes. you know, after exactly. after a death. Well yes. and and this so, is not just any death. Much more to come. <laughs> exactly. This is no, not, not just any no, this is like this is the queen. Yes it is. This is the queen of England. Um, yes. and so it doesn't get any Yeah. And uh, in parts of the UK, um, you know, parts of Ireland, uh, Scotland, right. and uh, England, right. and all of that, um, you know, she's on their money and, and uh, yes. you know, Everything. different sovereigns, uh, sovereigns that uh, they oversaw and uh, just a lot, just a lot. And yes. America has a, obviously a tied history to, uh, to Great Britain. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we've got a long-going relationship with them. What I found out is that she had been um, in um, as the queen. She's worked with like 13 or 14 of our presidents. Um, they said she only yes, she didn't has. meet one, which was uh, which was LBJ. She didn't meet him because she was expecting a child at that time. So that was right. probably. Uh, uh, 50 or so years ago. Yes, so just incredible. Yes. Yeah, incredible stuff. Uh, I, I'm still gagging, you know, as they say, in, you know, that 96, she's still working, you know, sitting yes. up talking about the meetings and bestowing people. At 96, yes. most people, At in, 96. Yeah, you know, they don't, can't even talk or anything or, or anything. Right. So these folks, but they were still just conducting so business in the right mind and moving and, yeah. you know, making things happen. Yeah. Just amazing. Uh, and standing up and talk. I'm like, like she was, I, I'm just blown away. I really am. And, always and here's dressed. what I always I, I loved. Yes, I love the way that she was all, she was always dressed. Every time you saw her, I mean, she was just fabulous. Exactly. She always had a monochromatic colors. Um, but, yeah, I am just blown away that uh, this lady, she would work, work, work so tirelessly and just be so, so poised. Um, I'm just blown away. Time. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, listen, we're going to continue this conversation. Of course, we're talking about the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth. Yes. It is ginormous. It has rocked the world. We knew that uh, it was forthcoming. Um, we just didn't know when. And exactly. It, it's still a surprise. It's, it's more of a shock still. A shock. And mm-hmm. I think, it's a shock. Yeah, I think 
it's because we can't imagine living our lives without certain folks in it. That's just the way it is. Um, and um, so I'm going to, uh, you know, we're going to have to, today is, we're going to really have to rely on uh, the Queen of Candles. We're talking about Blue out of Jacksonville, Florida, who oh, yeah. is the proprietor of Divine Energy Candles, Divine Energy Luxury Candles, I like to say. And so I want to get her on uh, to talk about this, uh, if she's seen any of the coverage of the Queen of England passing. Is she one of those who follows all of that kind of sword and knows who Princess Diana was and all of that? Um, and I do have a connection with Princess Diana um, through Mother Teresa. Yes, I had a connection with Mother Teresa as okay. well. We'll talk about that as well. Um, so let me just bring to the line Divine Energy Luxury Candles. We're talking about good morning, blue. blue. Yes, good morning, Blue. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Good How are you doing to you? I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Thank you. Great. Okay. So, so Blue, uh, have you been... Uh, following the coverage of the passing. Um, I have not been following it, but of course, you know, it's everywhere. <laughs> it's the news it everywhere. Is. On the news here in Jacksonville, of course, they are paying homage to um, Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it, I, what do you think about the fact that she was 96 years old and still working? I imagine that to be um, blue one day, making candles. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I think so, too. Right. She's still going to be working right. with candles. This is my oh, hand for love. Little, you know, a little wooden beehive stare out and just be mixing away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but I think That's she's a really, really strong woman. You know, she has... I mean, yeah, blue. I feel like, like um, yeah, yeah. Always dressed. Yeah, you know, she looks good. Always smiling. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely a strong. And we're gonna get too close to the mic, blue. Yes. Let me see. Okay. We have yeah. some feedback yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. But real good stuff. Um. Yeah, I'm blown away. I'm blown away. Uh, we all knew that she was near a hundred. Yeah. Um. And I really have to say, I'm just, it, it's shocking for me. Uh, I just saw her on TV with the, the new uh, prime minister lady, uh, like yes. three or four days ago. I can't believe she yes. just, just died like that. Um, when I worked in the pharmaceutical world, um, I was working with a doctor, Dr. Pankow. Dr. Pankow sent me pictures of Mother Teresa. She worked with Mother Teresa. And at that time, and I had personal pictures with Dr. Pankow and Mother Teresa. And then um, she, Mother Teresa, right after I got the pictures, Mother Teresa came to, uh, Mother Teresa went to, um, I think that she visited Princess Diana. And then within a couple of weeks, they were both pretty much gone, like right after that. And I never forgot that the picture meant so much to me. Yeah, it really did. And I... Have you ever had one of those jobs where you leave pictures and stuff behind? So somebody got all my great pictures and photos oh, no. with my celebrities. Yeah, and that was a priceless picture. 
of course, Mother Teresa, personal picture. Who in the world has that? So I'm very sad. Yeah. Um, Real sad stuff. Now, I have to tell you, this is why I said we need the queen of candles this morning. We need the queen of candles. So uh, here we have blue from divine energy. Divine energy candles. Now, blue, you always give us what's called the scent of the day. So if, there, if today's your first time tuning in and you don't quite know what we do, um, we meet up with Blue about mid-show. Our listeners have been tuned in since 6 a.m. So uh, we try to be uplifting every day. That's what this is all about. And on Friday, you got to bring it, Blue. you got to bring it for the weekend. you got to bring it. So I'm going to uh, bring you that Juicy. <laughs> okay. I'm turning it over to Blue Divine Energy Candles. Take it away, Baloo. Not just Blue, but Baloo. <laughs> what is it? It is yes. Friday, Carrie. It is. Yes. So I picked a, I think I picked a really great fragrance for us this Friday to go out with. Um, it's Cashmere Plum. And with Cashmere Plum, um, this is a, a forward scent. And it has a cozy warmth that always is always inviting, you know. It's a bright citrus, and it has a touch of black cherry enhance the dark plum to enhance the dark plum. And this fragrance is also with amber, sugar, and a vanilla base. Um, notes that reinforce the sweetness of this scent is a musk and a freesia added to a light, earthy dimension. And I think this is a really, really good scent. Okay, mm-hmm. well, it sounds amazing. There. Yeah, yeah. Like it in my we candle. Out. What is this? What's yeah, we got to get your background sound going on there. Yes, yeah, I got to get you a little bit clearer sounding over here. Um, we'll work oh, wow. on all that. Right, up on okay. yeah. Yeah, right here, I got yeah. straight to my mouth. That's weird. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can hear you real well now. For some reason, oh. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so and we want to hear every word you got to say. So tell me that one more time about that scent of the day, because I'd like to about the I study the okay. scent from Divine Energy Candy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, of well, course. Wrap, your, wrap yourself in comfort with cashmere pillow. This fruit there we go. Oh, has, a cozy, <laughs> has a cozy warmth that's always inviting. It's a bright citrus awesome. and has a touch of black cherry enhanced with the dark plum hearts. And also, you get a little amber, sugar, and vanilla vanilla based notes. Yeah. yeah, awesome! I love it. Okay, that is, and and you nice. sound great. Whatever you're doing there, it works real well. Okay, so mm-hmm. thank you so much. Um, yeah, now yes, I love thank that you. cashmere plum. Wow, anything with yes. cashmere yes. in it, you've got uh, got my attention. So I can't wait. Exactly. So, <laughs> so we've been visiting with Blue each day. She gives us this scent. And when you break it down, I literally look forward to the breakdown description. I love the names, and then I, I love too. knowing what you put into them. Not that I understand yeah. all of it so much, but it just sounds yeah. so good. You make it right. sound real terms, good. Here you go. In, in, in regular terms, it has cedar, bergamot, and clergy sage. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Yes. I love yes. that. You remind me of that. Uh, remember, for the old heads, 
back, way back when, I think it was, was it uh, Sanford and Son where they had the two cops, the black cop and the white cop, and the the white cop would say things in such a certain way, and Smitty, and I forget the other one. Yes, and the uh, yes. black cop would translate it to <laughs> the urban song. Yes, that was Sanford uh, and Son. Yes, they were funny. That was <laughs> Oh, boy, well, we're telling our age this morning. Well, I'm loving this. I really am. Speaking of which, we're going we're gonna to have everybody weigh in. As you guys know, Michael will be joining us in just a bit. He's a TV aficionado. We'll have to ask him about that as well. Yes, he so is. So I'm excited. Yes. Now, Blue, yesterday or the day before, I forget what day it was, you talked about the candles going into the fall season. So um, you do a change every season, I'm sure of it, at Divine Energy. Can you tell everybody what we can expect this fall from your company, from Divine Energy Candles? Yes, this fall we're doing, um, we're getting ready for the holiday. And this is the holiday coming up. Um, well, October, let's say October, we're just doing um, a pop-up shop and we're getting ready for um, Halloween, and out here we call it Halloween. Um, so we'll be having, <laughs> we'll be having. I know I'll be having my candy corn candles out there, and um, I'm so glad uh, to see that the other day, everybody. Candy, candy corn that. candles. <laughs> yes, candy are, corn are candles. They're gonna, look, they're gonna look like candy corn. They're gonna burn wow. smell like candy corn. corn. Mm-hmm. Well, I love candy corn. Now, there are I people do. who actually, some of them don't like it. I don't know who doesn't like candy corn. I I could literally eat I candy corn anytime. Yeah, well, I, I certainly don't. And, and, and if they didn't, it's more for me. I love candy <laughs> corn. I can eat candy I corn all too. I don't know why they don't have candy corn all year long. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, Just yeah, have to stop I love up. candy corn. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think it has a, that was my favorite, that and butterscotch. I think the butterscotch was Christmassy, but whatever. Those were my favorite candies. So whatever you got, Miss Blue, that's what I like. So I'm excited about that. So you're going to be oh, celebrating. Yeah. I can't wait to see what you do for Christmas. And what about the New Year? Is there such thing? Well, I would imagine there might be a New Year type candle to celebrate. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, absolutely. Wow. Oh, God, yes. New Year, new wow. candles. Absolutely, yes. Yes. Wow. I would definitely have do, a really uh, good scent for that time. And wow. Christmas is a lot of um, it's a lot of peppermint going around around Christmas time mm. and time. Mm. Oh, um, wow. Mhm. Pine and yeah. You just bring back all that. Wow. Okay. I'm not saying yeah. anything else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to bring wonderful. the mistletoe candle because you know everybody wants to kiss under the mistletoe. You might as well have that mistletoe nice. candle burning while you're doing it. Oh yeah. Wow. Have to have that. Uh, this is really just very special. It is, and I just love this. Uh, folks, you guys really need to stay connected with Blue. This is uh, she joins us mid-show about this time each day to kind of remind us, and then kind of you know each day. Like I said, for me, I love to start my day with a scent uh, that permeates through my house. I just just me, and I love to have my office smelling 
so fancy here in the studio. Very important stuff. And, and for you guys, that's why it's really nice. And I think your candles make great gifts. Uh, I don't want to forget that. Oh, yeah. Uh, for the upcoming Absolutely. holiday as well. And I definitely and want to give a tip of the day. I would love to give the tip for today for candle or candle burners. Please do not burn your candle more than four hours. Please. And if you do, make it at least five, no more than five. But blow it out. Mm -hmm. When you're ready to reburn that candle, pick your wick, please, for the best burn. Pick Pick that wick so that fragrance can sound off again like you did when you first lit it. I love that. And I also love what you said. Yeah, and my only tip that I'm going to personally add is keep your eyes on that candle. Uh, you know, Please, I really don't do. I, I sit, exactly. Don't, um, yeah, and go out and go shopping and all that kind of stuff. Or go right. like some folks right. where they were going to work. <laughs> Say, right. Uh, no. Right. You know, and, and all because blue, they want the smell as soon as they either wake up or they want the smell when they come through the door. I think there are other yeah, ways right. that you can get that once you get in the house. So, uh, you, can. Exactly. you know, yeah, my starts sounding off immediately. So my thing is you got a good yeah. person making your candles. You're going to get that scent regardless. Exactly. In five minutes or less, exactly. it's going to be in your house. <laughs> exactly. And where I am here, it goes all into the hallway. I said, you know what, I felt awful for my, 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 uh, my, cohabitants here in the building because I said as soon as you come through the door downstairs you can smell you can smell it <laughs> yes, they, no, they, they probably sorry, love it too yeah, yeah they, they're going to ask you to get it I think it's important smells are just important to me I, I'm sorry I'm a smells person and uh, yeah, yeah. Just, that's why I love scent yeah lift your mood you know, don't like it I'm not doing it I'm not going in there I'm not doing nothing with it Mm-mm. I'm exiting yeah. the building ASAP Mm-mm. yeah and I I'm I'm good on natural scents like rain I'm okay with the scent mm. and the clean clean cleansing of rain water and stuff like that yeah, I'm just into all this stuff yeah. so Divine yeah, energy yeah. candles, you always bring it blue. You always bring it yeah, so we're thank so you excited. so much, blue. Yeah. Love it. No and so, Absolutely. yeah. Well, going forward, what we're going to do on Friday, we're going to ask Blue to give us a review of the candles of the week that she's covered. Great. So we're going to Great. try that next week. I think that'll be really nice, Blue, each Friday. You're going to give us a candle review. I think that'll be nice from the Queen of Candles. We're talking to Blue. DivineInnocentals.com is the place to go to and check out. All right, Blue, stay with us. We've got a lot to get to this morning. We're going to continue our coverage. Uh, The Mm -hmm. biggest news story in the world right now is the passing of Queen Elizabeth II out of uh, the U.K. And uh, folks are just still uh, reeling from this. The news coverage is on my TV as we speak. It's just uh, incredible. We're going to work into the conversation. I don't know if he's heard about this. We're going to see if we can get him on the line to uh, weigh in on what he's been listening to this morning on the Hair Radio Morning Show. We're talking about the man who is the host, Queen. He is the king of claims um, uh, to help the veterans uh, navigating uh, how to get themselves some help out here with their financial uh, situation and picture. Talking about uh, from 
Spotsylvania, Virginia, Michael, Michael Hopkins. Michael, good morning and happy mid-show. You're on with the Happy mid-show, everyone. Happy mid-show, everyone. Happy mid-show. Happy mid-show. Friday, Friday, and more Friday. Oh, yes, yes, exactly. It doesn't get better than Friday. Now, you've been listening this morning to the Hair Radio Morning Show. What do you have to say? Have you been watching the coverage about the Queen? Oh, most most definitely. Most definitely. I I did a tour of, of Germany when I was in the military. And wow. my wife actually flew into Heathrow when she came to, to oh, be okay. with me. She asked yeah, her yeah. and my oldest daughter, who, who was about, I think she was about eight, nine at the time, and they flew actually into Heathrow. So, Which know, is a major say, airport. Yeah, London. major airport in England. And that was my connection. And then I've served with British soldiers, which – Mm. Is the most interesting thing to serve with Brit- British soldiers. Well, tell us at why. That time. Well, it, it's it's I'll give you a little short story. We were out in the field doing our thing, doing what we normally do, setting up camp and everything. And I heard this gentleman with a British accent talking, and my back was to him. And. I was listening, not really paying that much attention, but British accent, you can tell. And when I turned around, I had to do a double take because he was of African descent. And it was just odd to me. I mean, here I am. I'm from Philadelphia. The only British stuff I've seen was was tea. In a in a container, you know. That, but I've never seen. I had never seen anybody from Britain. Now here I am, halfway oh. around the world. Wow, that's amazing. And it was it was just fascinating, Carrie. Well, hold on. What, what was and, it that was, Michael? Let me just make sure I understand. So, what was it that surprised you that it was an uh, the the there was an a uh, British person? Tell me exactly. So I well, it was just so that. fascinating because you, you kind of, I guess in my mind, every time I thought of someone that was British, they were Caucasian. That, that, my, that was my thought. You know, when you're not educated, you're not educated to, to, to people, things, places. And this was an education to me. It wasn't a negative thing. It was a very positive thing. It was an education to me. And my education wow. was, was this. There are people of color all over the world. Absolutely. And, and this is something that I culture. wanted to really draw on your point a little bit about, because that is critical, what you just said. That's what I thought you were saying. Uh, and I, I cannot stress enough how I totally understand what you're saying and I understand what you mean. And this is why it's so important why little children, when they're watching TV, this is why they see folks that look like them. This is why. So crazy. This is why. 
I will tell you, uh, I understand exactly what Michael means because uh, it happened to me, the same story. My first time going to Paris, uh, I remember flying on the plane. I was by myself and going over, over it was my first time going to Europe, uh, was going to Paris. And so I got there, um, and I was totally surprised when I arrived and to see so many people of color. I thought I'd fallen on the floor. I thought I'd fallen on the floor. Uh, there were so many people, so many. And what I discovered was that uh, a lot of the people of color that I ran into uh, were folks who were largely, remember, I'm in Paris, uh, in Europe, and uh, they were mostly folks who were from Africa. A lot of yes, African sir. people were there. And uh, mostly from a, a part of Africa called the Senegal. Senegal. Mm-hmm. And so the Senegalese people were, they were the ones who seemed to be traveling the most out of the Africans that I ran into. And so, and most of the Africans spoke so many languages, they would make you look so silly. I mean, we could, I, I could barely speak English. They were speaking like three or four languages, literally. Uh, it was just incredible. But because we are so conditioned, we're so conditioned, you don't even know that you're being influenced because all we see are images on television. That becomes our our norm. That's all that right. we know. And you don't even realize that that's all that is being poured into you. Exactly. And so when, I, when they exactly. show images of uh, Paris, you know, I would remember as a kid watching TV, just like everybody else, and whenever they talked about France, on television, I never saw a black French person that I could remember nope. as a youngster. And uh, nope. they only showed Caucasian French people on American TV that I remember. So exactly. uh, the issue with that was that when I finally uh, went over to uh, France, I was like, it just, I'm like, oh, where did they come from? In shock. Uh, right. <laughs> oh, where is this? And I was so happy and relieved. But this is why it's so critical. I just, my heart breaks because we don't have any kind of control of stuff. And I was talking a little bit about that on the pizza early this morning. Uh, We just don't have any kind of way to make it so that our children and our, you know, if you don't see things, you can't believe things. And uh, it's important that, you know. It was yeah. So Michael, I I totally agree. I, I like I said, I had the same experience, and I was surprised like you. Um, I remember being in Spain, um, and I've told you guys before, but yeah, I remember being in Spain and turning on the TV um, in Madrid, and I remember looking at that time. MTV had just pretty much started everywhere in the world, and I remember the. Uh, in Spain, they they were playing international artists who were like from Africa and all over the yeah. world on their version of MTV. But back here yeah. in America, you barely had Michael you did not Jackson. See that. 
you might have, I mean, when they started, they, they, uh, I think Michael was the only person of color that they even played on. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that was a big, stuff like that. That was went a on for big a long issue. Time. It was a yeah, big issue I was, because I, I remember, that. remember that I can't remember if it was the temptations. It was somebody or Rick James. It was somebody who led a protest about that, well, and that's it when it came, started well, changing. Well, I don't think it, I don't know if it was the protest so much, but everybody, you know, black people, we could see there were no black people on the channel. <laughs> right. I mean, it's not a secret. We all turned on the TV, and there was nothing, nobody hardly black at, at all. And uh, then they put, uh, I mean, Michael Jackson, I believe, was the only artist that they probably played initially. And then uh, right. that was pretty much it. It took a long time. And then eventually, and then they set up another channel. That's really how VH1 came into play, because they wanted another channel where they could play, uh, you know, some of those popular urban artists, if you will. And the urban code word, you know, for black back then. Uh, so that's what you kind of saw. Um, America has always looked to color. I mean, this is no secret from folks here. Um, but it was it was something. So yeah, we were limited in thinking. But you wouldn't be so limited in thinking if uh, television and everything else were more inclusive. And I think that's what so we're true. fighting for. And this. We're still fighting for that to this day on television and and so, everywhere else. We so talked about true. it as well, and all of this kind of crazy stuff going on. Um, it would not be so crazy. I mean, it's really not rocket science. Inclusivity is what changes uh, the trajectory for our children and our children's children. And we just got to get to the point where uh, the lawmakers. Because to me, that's kind of what bottlenecking the system here in this country. It's the lawmakers. To me, that's why we have such a bottleneck. And uh, where things that shouldn't quite be are, and uh, lack of accountability, and just a, a myriad of these types of things, which keep uh, people at bay who should be able to do more, especially when you're the cultural leader of the world. It's not a secret. So, so true. these are things that we're going to continue to talk about here on the show. I hate to always go there with everybody, but I think it's important. Um, I think it's important. So that's what I so have to true. Nicole Marie, you still Thank there? You. <laughs> I am here. Marie. Yes, I am. Okay. Well, what are yes, your I thoughts, am. guys? Thank All right. We got I to totally you guys agree. some coffee this morning. Right. Yes, oh, Karen. I totally agree. By, 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 the, by the way, the, the reference yes. that you made to Sanford and Son, Hoppy and uh, Smitty. You still remember that, Michael Hopkins? What oh, did I say? Oh, I can tell you a couple of reasons why I remember Hoppy and Smitty. One was Hoppy stood for Hopkins. 
He was Officer oh, Hopkins, wow. the, the white guy, the black one, the the black one. Well, he had been <laughs> acting uh, how I don't remember his last name, but I know he was yeah, uh, how, pretty how, much how, how Williams. Williams. How Williams? Yeah, right. He played at the that on Picture Seven, so I think that's right. What we and I bet him. there's another yeah. there's another thing that you guys forgot about. Both of those And they guys. actually have more than one Smitty. Right. There was like two Smitties, I believe. Yeah. But I remember yeah, was it was so funny. It was really funny. So do you remember? Anyway. Do Do you remember the gentleman that played Hoppy? Do you remember who his mother was? She was. She was a, yes, a famous. She was on the Beverly Hill. The Beverly That's Hill right, Nancy Cole. Uh, yeah, Nancy Miss Jane. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you're <laughs> good. You're good. You can't stop me. I know Uh-oh. TV, uh, uh, classic TV yep. very well. Yeah, she yep. was the one who played oh, yeah. uh, the banker's uh, assistant. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Drysdale. So, uh, My wife Nancy. and I actually still watch that. We watch it every day because it is so actually, funny. She she made a guest oh, wow. appearance on uh, on uh, Sanford and Son. She appeared on that show. She did. If you, right. She made an appearance on the show. Um, I don't remember if it was the early version or one of the later versions. Remember, they had Sanford Arms and all that other stuff. So right. she was on, she did make an appearance. And maybe that's why she was able to appear on the show. She and I don't know if you remember that, Michael, but she made an appearance on there, right? As well, yeah. So yeah, good stuff. Good one, Michael. No, you can't stop me, guys. I'm a classic TV aficionado. Yeah, classic so, TV so aficionado. This is true. This yeah. is true. Yeah, this yeah. is true. So yeah, I love all of that. Going yeah. way um, back. Yeah, going. Yep. Way, yeah, we're going way back. So listen, folks, uh, we're just hanging out this Friday, just us. Um, which I just love this, and we're just kind of killing it today and just having a lot of fun. Um, and I do have to – I just want to remind everybody a little bit about Carapy. All week I've been trying to get on some talk uh, to kind of bring everybody up to speed a little bit on Carapy, and uh, so we just haven't had the opportunity till today. So I'm real excited. Then I want to dig up one of my – important interviews. And I've played this before, but it just, every so often, I, you know, what we, like we said, what we pour into the youngsters is what kind of stays with us. And you guys heard of Jatiya. You heard Jatiya's piece, but um, I wanted to get this on for folks who need it this morning. It's literally, this is, and when I tell you she was back in 2015, now that tells you how long ago we've been doing that hundreds and hundreds of shows ago. Um, but Jatia Wiley, who was uh, the plus size Miss America, and she's so gorgeous. Um, I still follow her to this day, and she just looks incredible and just a, a wonderful, wonderful lady. We're going to get her on because uh, how you feel about yourself is really, really, really important. And Very so good. I want to talk – yeah, and now I would suggest, Nicole Marie, you and the ladies might feel even more so. I mean, for us guys, we're not, we don't buy into so much. Or we're not concerned about so much how right. we look, as you can see, right. um, for the most part. But is that important for women? Um, are, are women it's still, very, you know, very are women important. concerned about their looks? Why? 
Oh, yes, very important. Um, the, the whole body image, I mean, we see it everywhere. Um, in the media, okay, yeah. this, is, this is beautiful. You're supposed to look like this, look like that, whatever. But it's, it's yes, it's, you know, we do the eyelashes, we do the makeup, we do the, you know, fashion, um, body weight, you know, how you look. I mean, this is everything, the whole total package. Yes, women are still definitely concerned about all of that. All aspects, well, uh, I'm going to have to dig up some reinforcements. I'm going to have to dig up some reinforcements this morning. I think we have one of our drive-by visitors who uh, drops right. in from time to time. She does not know that I see her there. Let me see if we can get her to the line uh, this Wonderful. morning. You guys know her from Organic Love Collection. We're talking about Miss Love herself, Shanta Love. Shanta Love. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, you're yeah, almost talking about you got Nicole Marie. You got Michael Hopkins. How are you today, Shanta? I'm fine. How are you all? Doing we great. Are doing oh, just great. Well, listen, oh, I have to first. I, I don't know if you heard the question there, if you heard what we were just chatting about, um, but I think it's something you, you can relate to as you're a lady. <laughs> um, oh, yes. As, are, you know, are women, do you think women are still, in, you know, concerned about images and about their image? You know, because I don't know if I, I can think... speak for uh, all the guys, but what do you say? I'm not going to speak for all the ladies, but me personally, if my hair is not done and if I'm not feeling um, beautiful and um, immaculate, I don't feel good physically. So really? I think I'll, yes, yes, very much. So true. So we're here waiting for the school bus. And um, I think my biggest thing with my little girl this season was getting her hair done so that she, she can yes. look and feel beautiful. And then after that, women uh, are taught, at least I was taught culturally, that the first thing folks are going to look at is your hair and your 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 shoes. So um, definitely I think that's black when you get into that, that shoe fetish. I have yeah. not heard that since I was a little boy. But you know what? And no one's ever mentioned that in all these years until today. But, yeah, I, and I'm going to ask Mike, because he's from Philly as well, uh, Michael, had you heard that before about the hair issue? Because I heard that, that those are the yeah. things that they look at. Oh, yeah. Yeah, most definitely I've heard that one before. I, I was raised yeah. in a house with three women. So, oh, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> that one, but yeah, so Marie, 100%. Now, did you hear that about the head, the head and the shoes? Yes, I, I've, I've heard I, that I before, yes. Yeah. Oh, I've heard that. Well, maybe it's just me. <laughs> I hadn't heard it in years, uh, but it, it's still important, right? That, it is. is that it's not very right? important. It's just what it's saying. Wow. So, so that just means something. Okay. Listen, I'm loving it this morning. I really am, and I love that you're, you know, that you're teaching your daughter and and just reminding fans out there, guys. That it is important, and yeah, we we've been in a society that hasn't always been fair to everybody. Um, we're gonna we're gonna work on that. 
And that's what we've been doing here at the Hair Radio Morning Show. And I love that every morning. And just being inclusive. Being inclusive. That's what this is about to me. And so, um, you know, I'm appreciating that. Yeah. So that's nice. Um, okay. Well, we're shouting out to everybody, all the families, all the moms, all the school buses that you guys are meeting this morning uh, and packing oh, lunches. Yes. So you Get guys still make the Packin peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Yes. A peanut butter and jelly. That's all my my youngest daughter will eat. Peanut butter and grape jelly. Every day. <laughs> That's what she wants. You <laughs> so know what? I, well, every actually, day. I still love peanut butter and jelly. I don't buy it that often, but I still, I could eat one of those sandwiches. Every so often you get a taste for that, if that makes any sense. So true. Uh, but I, I'm so a eater. I used to love jam. Now, there's something else okay. that I didn't know until I was an adult. Speaking of food and all that breakfast stuff, have you guys heard of apple butter? Oh, yeah. No. Yes. I like apple butter. Oh, yeah. You have? Shanta, you heard of apple oh, butter, yeah. too? Yeah. Well, you're the butter, butter queen, butter. so <laughs> Shanta knows anything with butter. <laughs> She's the shake butter lady. <laughs> Listen, uh, Shanta. Apple butter became popular. Apple butter became popular. Remember when we saw apple picking? We were all around the same age, so I'm sure we've been apple picking as children. Oh, okay. That's Although I, I'm probably the youngest. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not the youngest here. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. But apples, yeah. You're, well, see, I, I, okay, honestly, I never knew. I don't think if my mom bought apple butter, I don't know. All I know is that as uh, when I got older, I heard about apple butter, and I used to love apple butter. I just and to put that on some bread, I was good to go. I never liked okay. the preservatives. Well, no, what were the not preservatives? Preserves. Do you guys remember the preserves in a jar? I hated those things. Oh, I remember that well, too. Am I the going only one way who remembers back the when. preserves? No, I, I remember, remember that way like back when. Oh, and you I know, didn't like you, those. You, you know, Carrie, that the apple butter thing, especially like being from Philadelphia, the reason why a lot of us would and from there would know apple butter is uh, because of the Pennsylvania Dutch land traveling. Yeah, 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 yeah. From going to people oh, would go okay. to those places and. They would serve apple butter, so that that's wow. the, that's well, my that's connection to it. Delicious. Yeah, I mean, do it's they still excellent. sell it? Oh yeah, they, yeah. The all of that stuff's coming to the modern age. You can go online uh-huh. and you can buy all of that kind of stuff. Okay. Oh yeah. Or see, you guys are still out there. Yeah. Today. <laughs> you school me and you guys you have talked me into some breakfast so as soon as the show wraps this morning I'm eating <laughs> sounds good to me you're going to make you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich but no sorry, no I tried <laughs> I don't have any I wish I did do you all remember your what grandma making baked apples that was the best baked apples oh yes yes yeah, oh, wasn't that a beautiful treat? Yeah. I, I do love apples. Now, hold on. I heard that you – so why, can't you just put apples in, like, a pan or something and some butter and some cinnamon and good to go? 
to get it in, she would bake it slow. You know, while she's cooking dinner, she would put an apple in the oven to bake it and put a little butter and cinnamon mm-hmm. on top. So exactly. you wouldn't get too much in too much oil. Yes, it was wonderful. That's exactly. Wonderful exactly. Especially with the old apples. <laughs> when they start getting <laughs> a little old, you got to use them up. You know, you remember that stuff when you, your your mom had to, she would use up everything that's getting old. <laughs> Pretty much. We just love all that stuff. Yeah, because she couldn't afford to throw things away. We didn't have that in our community you where we could throw oh, things yeah. away. We had everything to make anything. That's, I think that's and how I learned how to cook for myself. Yeah. And what about the families were much bigger? You know, my mom had nine kids. So, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I'm the youngest of nine, so we really could not, you know, uh, couldn't waste food. There, there was no such thing as right. wasting food. Oh, yeah, yeah, eat, that was a no-no. So, I know in my family that was a no-no. You don't yeah, waste yeah. food. But now it's, it's kind of funny. My, my grandchildren yeah. won't eat, well, some of them won't eat uh Leftovers, choices. Yeah, yeah. Me and my wife always say, you know what? You come over here and visit us. Don't worry about it. If you don't eat the leftovers, I guess you'll be hungry. Well, you know, I love leftovers. I don't know how people. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I get it as a kid. You don't want to repeat. I do too. But to me, the the leftovers are the best tasting food it ever. Better. The food well, tastes yeah, better. It, 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 yeah, it 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 got seasoned. At least to me, that's the way I look at it. It it, it got seasoned. Or it settles the season. Settles or yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Like the food so always good. best the next day. Always. I think many times. I think nowadays when you hear folks say, oh, I don't eat leftovers, you have to remember a lot of people from third world countries moved over here and their influence has been great. So a lot of West Indians and, you know, people from um, the Dominican Republic, sometimes, you know, you have to consider uh, culture. If you don't have refrigeration or the refrigeration is not appropriate, then, yes, that comes up. Oh, I don't eat leftovers. It's not that it's a luxury it's because you know it wasn't it wasn't feasible, you know, in, in past generations. Mm-hmm. So that kind of idiom is passed down. Oh, I don't eat, I don't eat leftovers. But we're American, so we always had, you know, good electricity and everything for for decades now. So yeah, yeah. yeah the leftovers that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'll that's true. When you eat at our house, you ate whatever was put on the table, or you oh, yeah. went off to sleep. And that was fine. That was fine. Nobody, there was no forcing or anything. If you, you didn't have to eat, like um, I always tell everybody this story because, you know, I grew up and my mom would cook oxtails and I could smell those oxtails. And I didn't like oxtails, not because I tasted them, but the idea, you know, I was a silly, silly, you know, ridiculous kid who thought because it had tail, I didn't want to eat it. Well, my mom never forced. I, I had no idea why she didn't force. Well, she didn't force because those oxtails, you know, m- my imagination now must have, have been that they were incredible. So she she wasn't wasting them. And I'll tell you, uh, as an adult, uh, so I just when I started eating oxtails, nice, and I literally 
remembered the smell and duplicated the recipe that my mom made. Never tasting wow. hers. But imagine wow. remembering how she well, that's well, I've been able to do that. I taught myself how to cook about maybe five years ago, five or six years ago. And I remember uh I, I that's how I do. I can you know, I can that's the same skill I have for business I have for cooking. So I can literally just you can tell me something or I can remember um, anybody's recipe, I can literally pick it apart. Um, so I can remember the scent in the house that she used to make with the oxtails, and I can duplicate that scent, and that's what I do. Wow. That, so I can, re, I can reinvigorate, um, if that's the right word, her recipes. So... I probably will. I've been trying to get my little cookbook together, so I think you guys are giving me the inspiration for that today. So thank you for that. Yes, please wow. do. Yes. Excellent. Looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love that. I love that. I'm a big, big foodie person. Um, not necessarily so much unhealthy food, um, but I just remember big pots of food. Now with nine kids, right. you know we had oh, yeah. we had those big roasters. Do you guys remember those huge? Pots? Oh, I remember we them well. I remember. <laughs> oh yeah, we you see, and you, you, we had huge. Oh pots. no, on yeah, Sunday, you know, you smell pots. the collard greens cooking, and and the oh, rice would be going, and chicken, and and I mean mm. everybody sitting around. They cannot wait. After they're like that song, <laughs> anticipation is making me wait. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, I the remember those days. Those were the yes. good old days. Yes. Good old days. Yes. Do you guys do you still make big that? meals on Sunday? Sean, yes. do you remember do those remember? days? Yes. Do y'all remember chicken and dumplings? People don't make that anymore. <laughs> I was thinking yeah. about yeah. those yesterday. Dumplings. Yeah. Or this wow. morning. I tried to make this morning. Yeah. Tried to make I don't it, know my how to make them, though. My dumplings always close, so I'm not at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, your dumplings think they're goldfish. Um, I, I, I love them. I've never tried making them. I love dumplings. Um, that takes a special skill. My mom used to make chicken and dumplings and all of that. Well, my parents were both from North Carolina, so... Uh, from uh, the real, real southern part, or out west in Goldsboro, so uh, with the pot belly stove and all that. So um, I remember all of the the we call it southern cooking cuisine, and so um, it was great. No, I love that. I don't know how to make the dumplings. I may, I think I'll try uh, and do the dumplings one day. And we're going to, uh, you know, and where is Jack Rabbit Eats? In fact, I think she called me yesterday. I'm going to see if I can reach out to her as well and touch base. Uh, and she's supposed to be getting us some recipes. Yeah, so, um, waiting I'll, on those recipes. Yeah, I got to catch up with her. She did call me back yesterday. I'll have to reach out to her so we can find out what's going on with our food. We're ready to start some cooking on this show. Yes, uh, we are. That's going to be real exciting, yeah. And oh, I, yeah. I want to start with breakfast. I'll do the breakfast because breakfast is very easy to me. It's um, it's a great – I love making breakfast foods. 
you, your breakfast is done in like 10 minutes, if that. Um, it doesn't take long. I just love it. Yeah. And it's so tasty. And so that's me. And don't just pour a bowl of cereal. You can do more. So we'll, we'll get into all that kind of stuff. Okay. I've enjoyed this this morning. I really have. So any big plans this weekend, Shanta Love? Every time I think uh, of well, Shanta, I gotta find your Doctor Love song. Every time I say your name, I'm literally thinking that's a old old. I was telling you the other day, it's an old 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 club hit, way back for the Northeast folks. And I I don't even I think I have it somewhere. I gotta really find it. But no, no big plans for the weekend down uh, down in your neck of the woods. No. After this back up, back to school, this is mommy's weekend. I have to relax. I'm going to try to buy a pretty tube of lipstick or lip gloss. And moreover, I have to get this hair done because, like I said, you don't um, feel good unless you're good. Yes. If you look good, that's like a pamper yourself kind of weekend. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm loving it. Okay, what about you, Hopper Hopkins? Any big plans for the weekend and all the grands? Oh, yeah, no. My my plan is there's a hot rod show on Saturday. That's the most oh, excitement I got baby. going on. Nice. Classic. It's nothing like old guys and classic cars for a weekend. Classic cars. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. trust me. Yeah. Share the I'm going to take some. Oh, yeah, we'll do. Awesome. Yes, he always sends awesome. out pictures. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And Nicole Marie, what about well, you? We oh, Michael, were you sending Hold it, Rain in Virginia. Hold it, where? In, in uh, Mississippi? Oh, in Mississippi. Yes, we're expecting rain today, tomorrow, and Sunday. So hopefully oh, it's wow. going to bypass <laughs> like it has in past weeks when We've expected yeah. rain, um, but it's supposed to be a rainy weekend. So for us, that means movies and hanging out and good food. So that will be our plan for the weekend if it does rain. So it's inside this weekend. Wow, yes. anybody else getting yes. rainy? I don't think anybody else is getting rain. So you, you'll be by yourself on that one, Nicole Marie. No, right, up here right. I think we've got sunshine in New York. Hand, okay. I hope so. I really do. You guys, you know, uh, especially, I mean, it's still nice to sit in and watch some movies or Netflix it and all of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, hey, I, I could dig it. Well, listen, uh, I just want to say thank you, guys. You have made every week the Hair Radio Morning Show just incredible. I love the convo. I love uh, chatting with you guys each day. We get a chance to do some live mid-show talk. Next week, we've got some incredible guests coming to the show. And um, I want to talk a little bit about therapy. Yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about therapy at 8.30 this morning. So coming up in the next 10 minutes or so, we'll get on that conversation. Um, I want to talk about being a distributor. Folks are talking about, uh, you know, earning money, starting a business. We're going to get into all of that. And uh, send you off on this Friday with a little bit of ideas to make a few bucks. I think that'll be nice. So um, here's Michael Jackson. We'll be right back, everybody.
Everybody, I'm Valerie from Validate Your Beauty. I am giving a shout out to the Hair Radio Morning Show, Carrie Hines. One in a Million, the history of Madam C.J. Walker and her entrepreneurial legacy. Not even her poor and difficult beginnings stymied Madam Walker's road to greatness. Born December 23, 1867, Roughly two years after the alleged emancipation of her race, she was an orphan at seven, a wife at 14, a mother at 17, and a widow by 20. The woman who would become known as the first self-made female millionaire and the greatest benefactress of her race was born the daughter of Owen and Minerva Breedlove, poor ex-slaves living on a cotton farm in Louisiana. They named their special little girl, Sarah Breedlove. A washerwoman by trade, at the age of 33 in 1900, Sarah began selling a product door-to-door which she had formulated to remedy her own hair loss. She pinpointed the root of her hair problems, which was the scalp, and created hair care products and a beauty regimen for hair growth and maintenance that focused on the need for a clean and healthy scalp, scalp protection, and scalp stimulation for maximum hair growth. Her first product would eventually be called Madam C.J. Walker's Wonderful Hair Grower, and she boldly and proudly used her own likeness on her jars and her own before and after pictures to demonstrate her product's effectiveness. Her Madam's own words, She abhorred the impression held by some that she claimed to straighten hair. She emphatically stated, I grow hair, and that there would be no hair-growing business today had I not started it. She described her concept and method of hair growth as beauty culture because she compared growing hair to growing and cultivating garden plants. She then broadened this concept of beauty culture by incorporating the value of cleanliness and professionalism, which emphasized the overall appearance, moral conduct, and character of the black woman. Black women from all over the country began writing letters to Madam Walker attesting to the benefits of her products. By setting up a special correspondence course of beauty culture in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, then a manufacturing facility in Indiana and later a beauty college in New York City, Madam was able to further establish and promulgate her program of beauty culture, which trained the black female in three areas. First, the black woman was taught the proper presentation of herself. She was to be clean, neat, properly attired, and well-mannered. Second, she was taught how to use Madam's hair care system on customers, and third, she was taught how to sell Madam's hair care products to customers. In so doing, Madam C.J. Walker provided a solution to the root of the black woman's demise. She raised the black woman's self-esteem and confidence about her own beauty and intelligence, and she empowered the black woman economically, thus freeing her from white servitude and male dependency. 
This accomplishment is even more amazing when put in the context of the time in which these things were done and in the context of Madame's own background. The time, one historian called the nadir, or lowest point in the history of the black race, outside of slavery itself. The blessings of freedom was now marred by the blatant terrorist acts of the Ku Klux Klan and those like-minded individuals working in collusion with them. The harsh reality faced by the vast majority of blacks living in this era was that the number of lynchings peaked during the early 1900s, as did other backlashes sparked by Reconstruction, such as the burning of black churches and schools and the establishment of Jim Crow laws. During this dark period, most black women were either sharecroppers or washerwomen and house servants for whites. Madam Walker was no exception, but she was, however, exceptional. Madam Walker moved her ever-expanding special correspondence course business, founded on her system of beauty culture, to Indianapolis, Indiana, on February 19, 1910. She then purchased and paid for her home, adjoining which was a factory and laboratory, located at 640 North West Street. She endeared herself to the citizens of Indianapolis when she contributed $1,000 to the establishment of the Senate Avenue YMCA. It is reported that she was the only woman to make such a donation. Madam herself, when referring to the YMCA donation, had this to say, quote, in referring to that $1,000 gift, I don't want you to lay so much stress on it and do not say that I am the only one. You might say that I was the first and caused others to awaken to the sense of their duty in helping deserving causes for the benefit of the race, end quote. Not long after her move to Indianapolis, Madam Walker also became a member of Bethel AME Church, one of the oldest and most influential churches in the black community to which Madam Walker contributed generously. In less than two years after moving to Indianapolis, on September 2, 1911, Madam C.J. Walker petitioned the Indiana Secretary of State to become incorporated and on September 19, 1911, exactly one year and seven months since her arrival in Indianapolis, the Madam C.J. Walker Manufacturing Company of Indiana Incorporated was established, Madam Walker naming herself president and owner of all 1,000 shares of stock. A relentless worker and ingenious marketer and saleswoman, Madam Walker had thought to place her system of hair care products in black colleges all across the United States. She also regularly advertised in black newspapers and she eventually placed her products in drugstores. As she traveled throughout the country, she wrote letters to her general manager in order to instruct him on how best to run her factory in her absence and how to implement all of her new ideas. However, the Madam Walker agents, Madam's recruited sales force, were her biggest asset. Madam held public meetings in churches, rented lodge halls and other such facilities and put on demonstrations, including a slide presentation, in order to recruit black women to become Walker agents. 
Madam Walker taught and trained them in the methods of application and proper use of her hair oils and vegetable shampoo. Eventually, Madam organized a national convention for her Walker agents, giving away prizes and other incentives to motivate and energize her ever-growing troops of Walker agents. Sales generated from Madam Walker's manufacturing company and the hair care products it produced enabled Madam to give birth to yet another legacy as Madam became known as the greatest benefactress of her race. Through monies earned and derived from Madam's work in the hair growing business, Madam Walker regularly donated large sums of money to charity and to individuals of her race who were in need. In fact, Madam was so self-sacrificing and freely giving that those closest to her were worried that she would become financially ruined. Desiring all blacks to have decent homes, at times, Madam would assume mortgages of blacks who were financially strapped, allowing them to repay when and how they could. Various schools for blacks and certain social and civic organizations dedicated to the betterment of the black race were also beneficiaries of Madam's philanthropy. Though many have called Madam extravagant, her generosity and passion for her people were Madam's only extravagances. She gave not for self-aggrandizement, but rather to inspire other wealthy blacks to give likewise. Moreover, Madam's giving went well beyond monetary donations. She lent her name and time to worthy causes, she traversed the country, speaking against lynchings, and fought vehemently for the fair treatment of black soldiers who had served in America's military during World War I. Madam C.J. Walker was an ambassador of sorts, a spokesperson for all black-skinned people, a revolutionary, visionary, missionary force. It should therefore be quite obvious that Madam Walker's passing on May 25, 1919 was a tremendous loss to the black race. At that time, Madam had recruited over 25,000 black women from the United States, Central America, and the Caribbean as door-to-door -door beauty culturists and was well on her way to Africa. Her net worth was over $1 million, making her the first female, regardless of color, to become a self-made millionaire. She is one of the most successful black entrepreneurs of all time and one of the first to utilize the method known today as direct sales marketing to distribute her products. She had also managed to build a 32-room mansion in Irvington, New York called Villa Lawaro, which she had desired to be left as a monument to her name and as an example to her race of what hard work and black support of black enterprises could achieve. After Madam's 1919 passing, her hair care manufacturing corporation was used as collateral to secure the finances needed to build what is today known as the Madam Walker Theater Building. Completed in late 1927, the Walker Building Beauty Salon continues to operate there and continues to sell Madam C.J. Walker's original hair care products. Years later, in 1982, the trustees of Madam Walker's trust would deposit a large portion of Madam C.J. Walker Manufacturing Company's business records, historical documents, pictures, and memorabilia with the Indiana Historical Society, 
who took on the task of painstakingly organizing and preserving the Madam Walker legacy. Seventy-four years after the incorporation of the Madam Walker Company in 1985, the 1,000 shares of capital stock of Madam's Corporation were sold to a man named Raymond L. Randolph, making him the first person since Madam Walker herself to own all 1,000 shares of stock in the original Madam Walker Company. A graduate of Attucks High School, Mr. Randolph had never dreamed that he would become the owner and caretaker of this phenomenal legacy. In honor of Madam C.J. Walker, Mr. Randolph placed Madam Walker's image back on the jars of her original hair care products with the words, since 1911, placed underneath it. Doing business today as Madam C.J. Walker Enterprises Incorporated, the hair care company founded by Madam C.J. Walker continues to manufacture and sell her original quality products, ensuring that the legacy of this remarkable woman never dies. The Madam Walker Agent Program has been reinstituted and is the main method by which her products are distributed today. On September 24, 2011, Madam C.J. Walker Enterprises sponsored a centennial celebratory walk called Tracing the Footsteps of a Legacy. This event marked the 100th year since the pivotal point in her entrepreneurial legacy when Madam Walker incorporated her manufacturing company, the Madam C.J. Walker business family, which includes the Madam Walker agents, will continue to keep Madam Walker's spirit alive and well by ensuring that her labor of love, her manufacturing business, continues operating according to the entrepreneurial blueprint she left behind and which is detailed in the historical documents of the company. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah Breedlove. You are indeed one in a million. Roots Rock Salon. Healthy roots, healthy hair. Our expert stylists will help you shine naturally beautiful. We offer everything from hydrating shampoo, conditioning hair mask, oil steam treatments, to lock in the cuticle and an array of natural styles and programs to promote healthy hair growth using professional products. Book your consultation today online at RootsRockSalon.com. Visit us at 72 Harrison Avenue, West Orange, New Jersey, or call us at 973-957-7800. Buy your favorite scented candles at Divine Energy Luxury Candles. I'm Carrie Hines. Divine Energy Luxury Candles create an unmatchable ambiance and can immediately enhance your mood. They offer an array of original scents made with coconut soy and poured love. So your home and soothe your senses today. Order from DivineEnergyCandles.com. Hi, I'm Carrie Hines. At Divine Energy, you can choose from a wide selection of candles and a variety of widths and heights, as well as a plethora of different scents. Floral Spring Fresh, if you can think of it, they've got it. And if they don't, they're more than happy to whip something up just for you. Not sure what you need? Call them at 904-658-2937. Again, it's 904-658-2937. And tell them you heard about them right here on the Hair Radio Morning Show. They've got you covered. 
as women, it seems like we carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. And that weight is directly balanced between your two feet. And with this balancing act, who do you think is suffering? It's not the kids. It's your feet. While running errands, paying bills, or dodging traffic, you could be ruining your feet. Wearing the wrong shoes for the wrong period of time can cause more damage than you think. Hammer toe and bunions are the leading deformities in black women. And Dr. Yolanda Raglan is the first black and only female podiatrist with practices dedicated solely to the correction of these type of deformities. So let this black girl do some magic and fix your feet. For more information, visit FixYourFeet.com. Providing medically necessary surgery with a cosmetic result. All right, we're back. It is about 8.43 New York time. We're live this morning. It's September, Friday, September 9th of 2022. I'm Carrie Hines out of Brooklyn, New York. It's my great honor and pleasure to be with you guys. It's been just an incredible, every single show is fantastic. Let me bring back to the line the morning crew. We're talking about uh, my colleague and co-host out of Water Valley, the one in the Water Valley, Mississippi, that is, Nicole Marie. And uh, hello again, Nicole Marie. Hello. Ah, hello. Yes, Michael Hopkins out of uh, beautiful Pennsylvania, VA. So, yes, good morning again, guys. Yeah, this is, uh, we're kind of winding down this morning. So I wanted to kind of check in with you guys to, to talk about the week that was. Um, I think, um, well, first let me let me lead in with you guys. Nicole Marie, what are your thoughts from this week? Um, what is your What are some of the things that you might recall or take away uh, from the uh, show this week? It has definitely been another fabulous, fabulous, fabulous week. Definitely enjoyed today. Um, you know, of course, um, have to um, pay homage to Queen Elizabeth um, II and, our, the, you know, the talks that we've had this morning, um, our talks that we've had about entrepreneurship and Caribbean and becoming a distributor, and that is just, I, I just love that. And I think, you know, that's something that we continue to, to push and, yes, just give people the opportunity to step out into entrepreneurship. Mm, good, good going. Okay. And Hopkins, Michael the Hopper Hopkins, uh, who normally you get to bring us the Vet Talk Radio Show. We didn't have a chance to do Tuesday uh, because of the holiday. And on those holiday Mondays, we usually don't get a chance to follow up on Tuesday. But starting next week, you'll be celebrating your sixth, uh, your second anniversary right here, um, launch, your second season launch. Let's get it straight. Uh, for the Vet Talk Radio Show. So, um, so what are you? What are your thoughts this week, Michael? Did you enjoy uh, a little break? Uh, tell us your thoughts. Oh, well, one of my thoughts is I'm, I'm looking forward to the new season, and uh, wasn't so much a break, Carrie. It was more like a research paper for me, even though we weren't on. I still have to do research with the claims process. I still have to do research with helping veterans. So this has been, actually, it's been a very exciting week for me. It it really has. Very exciting week. Okay. All right. I'm just flying all over the room here. 
Well, good. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Um, you know, uh, for me, I think, uh, was there anything that really jumped out or you got a chance to hear Mary Mary Reed Johnson? Oh, yeah, That's Mary Reed Johnson. <laughs> she is my favorite. I am a fan of Mary Reed Johnson. Oh, yes, yes. And I enjoyed the piece that you did with her today. I really did. Yeah, well, that's mm-hmm. what it is about. And Carrie, really yeah. Yes, and Carrie, I also enjoyed the interviews with um, BB and Rochelle Chappelle. I definitely enjoyed. It's always nice hearing stories of the licensed cosmetologists, hearing, you know, just their story and how they have been influenced and how the things that they're working on currently, how they're impacting their customers and um, just things that they're exactly. doing on a, you know, on a daily and, basis. I love that. And I really well, enjoyed that. They, they exactly had, they had two I, different my, stories, but I definitely enjoyed yeah. both of them. Yeah. And those were uh, highlights, uh, the feature stylist for this week. Uh, yes. What we are going to do going forward every Wednesday uh, and some Thursdays, but yeah, particularly Wednesdays, we are going to feature uh, a focus, a spotlight, shine that spotlight on silence, uh, which is very important to have a silence of the week feature and to be selected as our silence of the week. And that's something put out across our social media and all of that. And then those silence of the week will be selected uh, every so often at the end of the year and during the quarters and all of that kind of stuff for special promotion here and and win prizes and gifts and things like that. Oh, great. That's great. That's great. And I know it's giving me an education. I mean, me, I'm enjoying this education that I'm getting from the the, the hair beauty world. Yes, it is. Yeah, and this is what we were talking a little bit about with our distributorship. Um, the wonderful yeah. thing, what I try to tell folks, uh, if you're looking for a new career, if you've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, you wanted to have your own business, well, believe it or not, it's not that simple. It's not simple, it's not easy, but it is doable, and it's talked a little bit about what we kind of talked about early today on the show, passion, and being driven by right. that. Keyword, so passion. Yeah, the keyword, yeah. because that's uh, very important, and I think that it shows. And so as an entrepreneur, uh, that's what we've been able to do and, and get people started with our product. And you guys get to enjoy my passion, which is to push, uh, promote uh, entrepreneurship. And um, you mentioned it a little while ago, Nicole Marie, that's correct. Therapy was that, uh, has been that, uh, that passion, that product, uh, to be able to share that so that we can not just help folks who are dealing and coping with hair loss and thinning hair, but also uh, to have the funds and the money go back to the community uh, from the people that we serve the products to. 
mean, to me, it's right. just simple common sense. So, so um, I think that that's what seems to be really kind of, uh, you know, pulling together, I think, for us here at the show. And, uh, and, um, and, and it's important. And I think that, um, you know, setting up, uh, the one thing I wanted to be clear on, and then I'm really going to drive this home, is that uh, a distributor is someone who distributes products or services. It's just distribution. So the goal of a distributor, for those of you who are in the industry, uh, is to share the Caribbean hair products with folks who are most interested in purchasing those products. So a distributor sells products to uh, big-time uh, shops and things like that. And there's a whole process to that. And we teach all of that online at Caribbean.com for special accounts. So it's not just open to the public. You've got to talk with us, and you, our phone numbers and everything is right there. Um, so when you go to K-E-R-R-A-P-Y.com, uh, you'll learn all about therapy. We have many things set up. Uh, if you are a consumer and, and would like to learn more about taking better care of your hair, avoiding hair loss issues and things of that nature, that's what therapy will teach you. Uh, and we have uh, special brochures that we're setting up just for you. If you are an affiliate um, holder, you have a link that you are issued. You can, again, sign up to be a, an affiliate, which means that you share a, a computer-generated link with your followers over the Facebook or social media or text or what have you. And whenever they use that link, that link will bring up a site, a mirrored site for us, uh, and whenever they purchase the products from that site, from through your link, uh, you get paid. It's real simple. It's called affiliate marketing. And so if you're looking to make money, that's the easiest way to do it. It doesn't cost you a dime. You can sign up to become an affiliate member at therapy.com. There's a big old tab. And uh, now a distributorship is big time, very different. So uh, as a distributor, you get to sign up for an account, um, and you get to choose what kind of a distributor you wish to be. And all of that determines on how many products and things you get to sell. And we have a whole course that we teach you as well. Uh, we call it a Caribbean College. And uh, it's real cool. And you get to learn all of that at your own pace online pretty much. So really good stuff. Now, do you guys have any questions that I can answer for you? Nicole Marie. Not at this time, Carrie. Not at this time. I, I have been to com and I have read through several different times. Still, I still go back and just continue to just read, to just, you know, continue to um, familiarize myself with um, therapy and being a distributor. And it's, it's great information, great information, just let me say. Okay. Uh, and Michael Hopkins, what about you? 
Um, and see, yeah, if you have any points you want to draw upon, because we want to use these opportunities to make sure people are well informed. So, yeah. Oh, have, what about I you? Have a question. Yeah. I have a question, Carrie. As an affiliate, will they get a website? As you know, you know, most affiliate organizations, they have some type of website you plug into or you can send to other people. Now, is that right. something that you're going to be doing? Well, as an affiliate member, and I want you to take a closer look at that video as well, but what happens when you get that link and you share that link with your followers, when they click on the link, it opens up into the website. And it's the same website, just so happens that the web, the website has an identifier on it so so that we can tell when a purchase is made through that link. It's nothing bad or anything. It's just a version of the site that connects with you as an individual, as an affiliate, so that you can get credit if someone purchases through that link. So that's what that means. Does that make sense any better, Michael? Oh yes, yes, most most definitely. Because oh, you know, see, as now you know I'm coming. Is, yeah, I was just going to say to mean to interrupt you. I was just going to say when you get a chance, I want you to watch that video again, and then there is a whole course that you'll be taking a little uh, very soon uh, behind the scenes at Carapy, at Carapy College, which will help you to really get a, a full sense of what therapy is all about. We call it therapy 101. Oh, that's and great. So I, yeah, so I think you're going to enjoy it. What do you have to say about that, Nicole Marie? I am actually going through therapy 101 right now, very educational, um, going through the steps, answering the questions, reading um, the material about therapy, continued education. Yes, I think so too. And um, there's some audios you'll be able to listen to, some interviews and some different things. You'll be watching a whole lot of videos and just learning a whole bunch of steps and different things that I think will help you to become really familiar with the, the hair industry and be able to present the product. And then and I'm, also, I'm looking um, forward to yeah, and therapy, we've got the men's stuff mentioned in there. We've got the women's stuff in there, you know, the shampoo conditioner. We've got the hair growth oil. All that stuff should family. be addressed in there. Yeah, so really good stuff. Okay, well, listen, I love today's show. I think it was fantastic. It was the fastest Friday show ever. It really was. Yes, it like was. We just went on the Lots of fun. Yeah, we started about 6 this morning. It was real quiet. But then uh, you guys noticed the show kind of picks up speed and picks picks up up the pace as the morning goes along. Well, that's by design. And so uh, we're happy about that. First thing this morning, though, Carrie. I thought you would. I thought of Nicole Marie. That's why I put that on. I didn't know my own strength. Uh, from uh, the incredible Whitney Houston. Yeah. Is that not nice? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's why I tell folks to tune in starting at 6, you know, each morning so that you can 
the entire show is shaped by the first things you hear us put on in the morning. Really, that's usually what we talk about. That's usually how what you'll feel the energy. And you, if you're with the show, I think it becomes a whole thing. I do. I think. Uh, I just think it, it's really interesting how it's set up. And um, I want to thank everybody all week. We've had an incredible show this week. Thank you so much for being uh, part of this. We'll be back on Tuesday, 6 a.m. in the morning. Um, now you guys can go over to UpscaleMagazineRadio.com and continue to listen to some of the great air radio shows uh, over the weekend. And we'll see you back here uh, for live calling on Tuesday morning. So thanks again. Make an incredible weekend. I want to thank Nicole Marie, Michael Hopkins, um, Blue, all of us, uh, Love, all the folks that are, were on the show this week. It was really great. And we'll see you back here on Tuesday. Thanks so much. I'm Carrie Hine. Well, it's that you. time to bring this episode of the Hair Radio Morning Show to a close. But it does not end here. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.